I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. There's something wrong with us! Something very, very wrong with us! You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my god! It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on, who knows. It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. <laughs> I got a whole folder full of dick pics. Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are, those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit! I'm glad you heard all that. <clears throat> well, um, welcome to episode 95 of The Lotus Effect. The, the show is made up, and the content, well, frankly, doesn't matter. Um, I'm Phone Boy. He puts his dick on the table, you know. Yep, and I'm Phoenix. An emotional support stripper. Yeah. Um, well, here we are again. Uh, for, that's for, right. For another one you of you, lucky hippie trippy people. That's right. Because of course, this is a new live son of a bitch. That's, that's right. right. And it, the Lotus Effect is on air. That's right. What is this? A freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. Yeah. Uh, Especially after seeing that boost from Weirdo, uh, 25,000 sets. Thank yeah. you for your courage, Weirdo. We appreciate you, and you're right. It's lit. That's right. And the Lotus affects everyone differently. Uh, some, and some, and some, it causes some people to boost, which we appreciate. So, <laughs> That's right. And so however, wherever the Lotus is affecting you, well, thank you for your courage and, and, and uh, for propagating the model of the Podfather himself. Now, if you if you're happen to be new to the No Agenda family, uh, welcome. And here's how it works. Uh, we're a value-for-value value podcast. Now, we provide you some value in the form of an entertainment. Now, however you decide to value that, you can it can be in time, right? Give us some time back and help us with some things or send you know send us some uh, you know some yeah, we, artwork we or have, clips or whatever we, um, we have stories sent to us by wonderful producers in our pedalhead family that help us to provide some of the excellent content that we provide to you all yeah. on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Central. That's right. And we, yeah, also, yeah, that's what, I guess what talent is too, but treasure, right? And so that's, you know, that you can, uh, and treasure, meaning, uh, meaning, meaning money. Uh, yeah, we, well, we, I like money. Though. Yeah, we like money though. So contribute it back to us. And here, here's how you can do that. Now you, you can go to lotuseffect.show and click on that green, we like money button, uh, and, and send us some fiat fun coupons, you know, you know, the good old American dollars or local equivalent, uh, in, uh, through PayPal. Um, now you can also, 
also send us boostergrams, much like Weirdo did. He did his 25,000 sat it's lit boost. I love that. Um, but uh, you can, uh, but you need a podcasting 2.0 app for that. So you need to. If you don't have one, take off all your clothes. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. Or if you're shy, you can go to newpodcastapps.com and get you one of those fancy apps that lets you splash the walls of the studio here in Casa Lotus with Satoshis. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot of, we, yeah, you can also mail us stuff too. Uh, certain producers have done that. If you if you want to send us um, study materials, uh, yeah, they're, they're, we, we, we will certainly, uh, uh, you know, yeah, hit us up for an address. Uh, so, all right. Now, meanwhile, we'll, t- we'll talk about those who contributed value. And I should probably so um i'm going i I should probably i should have probably done this before we went on the air and i should actually might have been a uh, good idea just to make sure because i because i have to go look at them because i have to go see what is in the uh you know what has come through the paypal account and i don't think we've come in i don't think uh uh, i don't think there's anything i don't think there's anything there however we do have a lot of okay we do have a lot of boostergrams and we start with uh uh, and and of course during uh, studio 33 or ride share radio if you want to get your uh request uh you know uh, prioritized uh, you, you can you can send a boost um and uh you know we'll and we'll and we'll play it for you so uh so that's f- right and i have a habit of splashing the walls with satoshi yes exactly and i also gotta hit the boost me bitch yeah, this is, that's right yeah. and we don't go against what the podfather says that's right well or or the head troll Arr, shiver me timbers and boost me, bitch. Yes, even though the head troll is out playing that manly sport of disc golf, and uh, he took his little, you know, mini-me. Except for <laughs> mini-me is actually bigger than Sir Bemrose. <laughs> so, Bemlet and Sir Bemrose, we miss you, you trolls. But uh, we know, hopefully, you'll be back in time to drink and get debacles in studio 33 with us that's right and so we had a lot of we had a lot of uh, music uh, requests last night so you but this i think this was from the, this is from uh, last week uh, in studio 33 we got yes, a, I believe so. We, yeah so you've you boosted 3333 sats saying acdc who made who yeah we got that uh mary kate ultra boosted 3333 sats uh, uh sending some lightning to us which i appreciate uh, we, we that's can, right yes. and of course, you know, I could not be outdone. I had to throw two boosts in for 3333, one for Queens, Princes, and the Universe, and the other one for Aerosmith Ragdoll. Yeah. And then Weirdo sent along a heart for 3333 sats, and then he then sent 30, another 3333 sats saying, Dear phone boy, Divinals, I touch myself with... Yeah, which with, totally locked yes, up we, the we, brain. Yes, I'm like... Okay, <laughs> I'm not even sure how to take that. Uh, Sharky um, um, boosted the th- last night. This is a yeah. This he, this starts the rideshare radio boost with yeah. Sharky last night for three thirty three. Did somebody say nineties rap? Beastie Boys, Intergalactica. Yeah, that's right. And- Intergalactic. And then, of course, he came back with a 1991 saying, ain't no other like the kid, Okay, okay. I actually need to point point these two out. I mean, we did play these last night in Right Share Radio. But um, so we um, on this is another reason to come to Right Share Radio. Sometimes uh, wild Bemroses show up and we. Oh, my gosh. Clean feed links are issued. And and, uh, that's what happened. And you'll never you'll if you didn't hear it live. It's not on Memorex, folks. That's right. So, um, yeah, that we we had there's some there's some great conversations that occur a, a, a afterwards. But Very yeah. much. So. so we had a couple of songs that we didn't get to play because because frankly, y'all, that's yeah, you know, we went to like two a.m. and both of us were just you know we had to get up early for farmers market. Well, too. no, on us after Saturday, honey. This was actually this was no, this was from oh, last Saturday. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. 
We had, didn't we have two weeks in a row where we ended up Bemrose on yes. a Friday night? Something it's like becoming that. Becoming a habit. I yeah, like exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but we got, but he, but uh, Sharky had boosted 1991 sets saying, ain't, ain't no other like the kid Biz Markey, just a friend. Okay. When we did play that. Um, yeah. I also boosted 88, 88 sets saying, fuck this shit. The Clash White Riot. Yeah. We played that. That was great. Um, and Sharky comes in. This small this is, satchel of Richards. It's all small satchel of Richards. And he actually, actually, this is where, this is where it starts from, uh, from, last night uh, he's he he boosted the singing nun uh, dominique uh, from 1963 yeah, we which is a song that if you have ever seen american horror story uh, uh which one is it asylum yeah they play that song on a a record player and it it just the setting is so damn creepy because you're in a psych ward and they're playing this song and it, I'm going to actually have it played again tonight because you all need to hear this damn song if you have never heard it and you will understand why I do not think it's therapeutic at all. It was completely twisted to see it in this episode, but I loved it. And that's the first place I had come across that song. It's it's just creepy. No. And, uh, you know, l let me know in the chat when we play it if you agree that there's a creep factor to it. Yeah, um, the weirdo had boosted thirty three thirty three sats saying it's lit, fam. How about some Johnny Rivers Secret Agent Man? Yeah, that was a and of uh, course we yeah. definitely played it. And, and then we, he boosted another five 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 saying Donovan Sunshine Superman. I decided that I needed to get on the action, so I had a couple of thirty three thirty threes, one for Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then Ivor Biggins. Let's all get demented. I toned it down a little bit. And threw a couple 333s in for some G DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Parents just don't understand. And I've no more fucks to give. Yeah, and then Weirdo comes in with a 555 five, five sat saying, Sugar Hill Gang Rapper's Delight. That was a... That was a that was a, a, a oh so delightful, uh, and then uh, we got a we got a string of boosts. This is while you were driving home last night. Uh, let's see, a bunch I of, blew it up. Yeah, a bunch a bunch of a three thirty three sats. Uh, we got Lowrider with War, Rob Bass, and DJ Easy Rocket takes two K seven Come Baby Come Pitbull Hotel Room Service. The Wedding Singer. I want to grow old with you by Adam sung by Adam Sandler, um, and then uh, then we got then you then you say best frontman for Van Halen. Peter um, Gabriel. The, in, in your, your eyes. eyes. That's right. And then uh, NetNed comes in with two, 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 two sets. Road Ducks. Road Ducks. Dwight Yoakam, a thousand miles from nowhere. Uh, and then you come in with another 333 sets saying uh, tag team. Whoop, there it is. Um, and then Weirdo, uh, 555 sat saying, Kiss, I was made for loving you. And then Weirdo says, uh, Pink Floyd, have a cigar. Now call off the feds or the C4 pigeons will be released alongside the Claymore Rumbas. Oh, we have to explain yes. that. Oh, um, I get a call from, uh, so we, so we get voicemails last night from the Bemrose clan. And it was outrageous. Yes. And one of the, and, and there was a request from, uh, well, uh, uh, a, a certain Bemrose who had asked for, uh, who asked for some Pink Floyd, but he, but he, he, he accused me of running a pirate radio station or something. I don't know. I, I think we need about. to play it for, uh, everybody right now for context. I really do. So you're going to have to find it real quick. So that you can play it because it was extremely funny. Um, what was I? No, the this. Oh, the voicemail from oh. Sir Bemrose. Oh my God! Oh, okay, I have to. Okay, okay. He's like a blonde on a coffee break. I've got to retrain him how to fuck to do this show. Yes, the voicemail from Sir Bemrose last night accusing us of being a pirate radio station was hilarious, and I feel that there needs to be all of the voicemails from last night played for context. Please, thank you, Sam's rule. 
Yes, is this the government shill hotline? I'd like to report a crime against the FCC. I found this pirate radio station spinning unauthorized tunes, see, and they haven't played one single Pink Floyd track. Yes, officer, send units immediately. This travesty must not stand. Hey, got a question. Got a really, 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 really big one. Is there any truth to the rumor I'm about to start that Mother Teresa was once frontman for Van Halen? I mean, seriously. I'm sorry. I have to denounce the rumors about Mother Teresa, who was actually Indira Gandhi, who was the best frontman for Van Halen. I'm Donald Trump, and I endorse this message. All right, I have to I have to uh, highlight best Batman as a potential show title because oh, of, because of very the, nice because of the uh, the what do you call it uh, the, the 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 transcription error. Okay, then we also got uh, we, we got, got a thirty three thirty three from me saying cashmere. Hey, I still got two more to play here. We there's no yeah we do no yes because yes we do we got okay we, fine we got we got to play this one shots. <laughs> Yes, and, and, and of course, and this one is and this one as well. The gear shift is not just for changing speeds. Yeah. Which we later find out is a friend of the Bem Roses, someone who they have terribly corrupted, and we thank them for that. She sounds awesome, and yeah. hopefully we'll get a chance to hang out when I go out there and uh, get completely annihilated, hopefully uh, either in December or uh, for my graduation when I finally get done with all this college hoopla shit that we're doing. Yes. But I know you all are tired of hearing about that. You want to hear about some more booths. So we had a 1337 from... Yeah, for uh, memes, for memes one thirty, memes, yes. memes one thirty seven, saying lead, lead boost. boost. Yes, I agree with that. And then, uh, then you come in right before we go on the air. This is a new life, son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. The Lotus Effect is on air and lit. You lucky hippie trippy people. That's and, right. And we and I did say that Weirdo, uh, you know, I got to give Weirdo. Oh, you the executive producer for that boost? Yes, we do. Yes, and then oh, and then we've and then we've got Dame Bullysteed already getting in the requests here. I'm Look telling you, they absolutely want to make sure that they get requests in early because they know how this thing catches fire and goes worse than the ones on the Hawaiian Islands right now. Y- yeah, we 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 got to. And that. hey, we want to send. We want to send some uh, drenching rain karma to our friends over there on the island who are dealing with all of these horrible wildfires. I hope that Madam Pele just pours rain and gets rid of that shit for y'all so you can go back to living peaceful, happy lives and well, karma well, to ma- Well, well uh, yeah, uh, well, Madam Pele does not rain uh, water. She rains fire because she's the goddess of the volcano. Well, so. you know, maybe if, maybe if uh, they rained some fire-looking water stuff, they could stop this. It's yeah. a thought. You ever heard of fire water? Huh? Huh? Ever heard of it? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. All right. So, all right. I think we've, uh, so this is all of the, this, it's amazing kind of what happens during the show sometimes and you kind of have to actually put things, I have to do things, but you know, this is the way things go around here. You never, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but uh, it's absolutely could- out of control. But then again, if you've listened for any amount of time, you all already knew that. And you know what? If you want to send us some feedback about how out of control we are and just give us hell, well, there's a couple ways 
you can do it. You can send us a message on No Agenda Social. He is at Phone Boy at No Agenda Social. I am at Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, and then a whole lot of shit after it. And I'm sure it will pop up if you properly type it. You can also send us an email, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show or phoenix at lotuseffect.show. Same spelling, P-H-E-O-N-I-X. You can send us snail mail. Uh, whether you want to send us an actual physical letter to say we love you or you suck, either way, uh, or send presents, like we said, some study materials. There's also this other great way you can give us feedback, and that is to weigh in on our topic of the week for our refire, which this week is, yeah, that time you went to jail, that time you got arrested. So the way you do it, real simple, you can call or text 253-237-3321. One ringy-dingy. Two ringy-dingy. Dell Computers, this is Chip. That's right. Ernestine and Chip are not standing by, but Google Voice is, and it will definitely mangle your transcript. And you can end up as a show title, which often happens. So get those voicemails in, get those texts in, let us know about that time you got arrested. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, you know, and obviously when you, you know, you can, so yes, you can, you can tell us about that time you got arrested or maybe almost got arrested, right? If, you, if you're uh, one of those folks. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can, of course, you can also call and, uh, and talk about past refire topics or anything else. But, uh, you know, we play the, uh, we play the voicemails during, usually during the refire segment of the show, which, uh, you, know, r- you know, roughly the middle of it. Um, but uh, whatever it is, you know, when you, when you, when you, you know, this, this is how you got to, this is how you got to participate here. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor, I can take it. That's right. We do like when you give it to us straight, but there is one thing that we absolutely don't want. We don't want your shit. We still send us your shit. That's right. So we're, we're more than glad to take your feedback, but be respectful because we will mute you. We will call you out of the herd. We will absolutely shame you. Do not... Be disrespectful. Do not use racist and inappropriate language. Now, obviously, if you've listened to our show, you know we don't shy away from the word fuck and all of its favorite companions. However, there are things that absolutely annoy the shit out of us. And when you start using the N-word, being racist, and just basically showing your lack of intelligence, we don't have time for that. So just don't bother. If you don't like the show and you can't be respectful... Fuck you! Bye, Felicia. There you go. Um, all right, well, um, now we're going to go, hello, uh, idiocracy. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Well, I think, um, you know, one of the one of the things I think no matter what you think about uh, the, 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 the vaccines that uh, many people were required or, or, or uh, coerced into taking. Um, well, you know, that, that certainly the actions around that may have caused anybody who was on the fence about vaccines in general to kind of change the, to, to, to maybe start looking around and going, hey, maybe something's uh, uh, maybe there's something to these vaccines, that, you know, more just in general, not as a not as anything specific. But well, there's there's yeah. been a lot of scrutiny even before the pandemic over vaccines because of their supposed link to things like autism. Um, And I'm trying to remember which vaccine it is. I think it's the hep B vaccine in kids. 
it causes it's it's one of the major vaccines that you're supposed to get when your kid is or that they're supposed to get when they're little and they are linking it to autism so vaccines have been under scrutiny for a little while even before the pandemic but i think the the whole mandating vaccines on every level has really brought it more into the limelight yeah, exactly. So, um, so there is so there is a uh, there was a study done uh, on, on neonatal infant and under age five vaccine doses routinely given in developed nations and their association with mortality rates. Okay, that's an interest. So, in 2011, using 2009 data, uh, the, the the study authors uh, published a, a study demonstrating that among the most highly developed nations, those requiring the most vaccine doses for their infants tended to have the least favorite favorable infant mortality rates. Now, 12 years later, the, they replicated the original study using 2019 data, and linear regression analysis corroborated the positive trend reported in our initial paper. The study, published by Neil Z. Miller and Gary S. Goldman at Curus, uh, broadens uh, their previous analyses to consider the effects of vaccines on neonatal and under age five mortality rates. And, that, and, and what does that mean? Any, and it really means like any reason, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a baby or, or a child under five. So it's dies. all cause mortality yeah. in that sense. Exactly. Yes. So there are statistic, statistically significant positive correlations between mortality rates of developed nations and the number of early childhood vaccine doses that are routinely given. In 2021, there was a statistic statistically significant difference of 1.28 deaths per 1,000 live births between the the uh, I, the infant mortality rates among nations that did not give their neonates any vaccine doses. So the um, the, the the mean infant, infant mortality rate of 2.87 per 1,000, uh, and those that required them to re, uh, you know, required them to receive one uh, you know uh, up to two, two vaccine doses. So then that was and that gets you to 4.15 deaths per thousand, and 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 so Similarly, there was a statistically significant of uh, you know uh, there's a difference of 1.57 deaths per thousand live births between the the under under five mortality rates among the nations that did not give their neonates any vaccine doses and those that required them to receive two vaccine doses. So, developed nations that require their neonates to receive two vaccine doses would likely achieve a measurable improvement in childhood mortality rates simply by eliminating this requirement. I mean that should that should tell you something. That's right? really I mean holy shit. That should really take any parent and make them take a step back as to, you know, prove to me how necessary this vaccine is for my child going forward. Because literally, this could kill my child. I'm not sure a lot of parents, they're really going to want to weigh the pros and cons on that. Like, what's the chance my child's going to get this and die from it? What's the chance my kid could die from just getting the vaccine? That That's frightening as a parent. Yeah. Now, the statistically significant positive correlations between vaccine doses and mortality demonstrated in, in the analysis are plausible if an increase in all-cause mortality associated with some vaccines in developed nations is greater than the number of lives saved from potentially deadly infections. Uh, um specifically targeted by those vaccines. So, for example, neonatal vaccines designed to protect against hepatitis B and tuberculosis may not contribute to an overall reduction in mortality in nations whose infants are at low risk of mortality from these diseases. Vaccine policymakers have an obligation to determine the full impact of their current vaccination schedules on deaths from any cause. More safety research is needed on the number of childhood vaccines that are administered concurrently cumulatively in the sequence in, in which they are given to confirm they are providing the intended effects on child survival and i think we know what the intended effects on child survival are reduce it yeah exactly so that doesn't surprise me at all now as uh, it shouldn't 
Now, uh, meanwhile, the FDA has uh, approved a drug called Ladoco, the first anti-inflammatory drug for cardiovascular disease. Oh, um, it is a, and, uh, it's called Ladoco, and it's a colchicine or something, I think is how you say it. The, the recently yeah, approved I'm not medi- sure. Yeah. The recently approved medication has been shown to reduce cardiac event risk in adults with atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or, or with multiple risk factors for cardiovascular disease by an additional 31% compared to standard of care treatment, which means it's a probably a relative reduction in, in risk. Um, so this means uh, cocaine can be used in the prevention and treatment of cardiovascular disease. Although we have long suspected inflammation is playing a major role in the development of coronary disease, it was only in the last 10 years that major trials have come out which showed how useful an anti-inflammatory such as cocaine could be in uh, reducing the cardiovascular risk in patients with heart disease, says Dr. Cheng Hang Chen. MD, PhD, interventional cardiologist and medical director of the Structural Heart Program at the Memorial Care Saddleback Medical Center in Laguna Hills, California. That was a mouthful. Um, the drug works through multiple pathways to decrease the activity of our different um, for, di- for different types of inflammatory cells. In doing so, it's been shown to reduce such serious risks as heart attack and stroke, says Chen. Now, the article recommends doing some other things that can reduce inflammation. They, they tell you to stop or avoid smoking, eating more whole and unprocessed foods. Uh, I can kind of get behind that, assuming we're not talking about, you know, anyway, there's we, consuming less sugar, or how about no sugar, as far as I'm concerned, engaging in regular physical activity, getting adequate sleep. Now, you know, of course, I wouldn't necessarily, eat, you know, again, we you know, eat foods that aren't inflammatory. It means nice single ingredient foods, hopefully, and, and not not this stuff, you know, and not stuff fried in industrial lubricant, you know, holy crap. Y'all. Exactly. Do you know how many times a week I have to tell my riders about the fact that canola oil is literally an industrial lubricant that has been formulated for human consumption. Yeah, it's yeah, but I mean, but you know, the inflammation is actually not. I mean, it itself is not bad. Although if it's chronic, like anything, if too much of a good thing can be a problem. So, you know, the the, the reason your body's inflamed is because it's it's trying to it's you know it's it's like trying to bail out a boat that's got a bigger hole than you can uh, than you can you know that's bringing in more water than you can bail out. So that's exactly. what, that's that's what's going on, right? You need to find the source of the the you know the, the issue and and do something about it rather than but- just cover it up by but by taking boy, the anti-inflammatory uh, need i remind you yet again dear intelligent sir how many times a week we rage against the fact that big pharma doesn't give a flying fuck about the truth they don't care as long as they're getting their nut and with drugs like this that promise oh you're not necessarily going to have a heart attack if you take this drug well what's on the other end of that because for every yin there is a yang what are the side effects what are the risks hey doc What's the number needed to treat for one person to get a benefit from this drug? How many people is it going to take to experience all these side effects before one person actually gets the benefits from it? That's a question you'd ask your doctor. Yeah, there's that fag talk again. I wish I had. I, was, I wish I had that clip. Actually. Oh, we need. You know what? We need to get that clip for when we start dropping some truth bombs. Yeah. I love that. There's that fag talk again. Yeah, exactly. That's, exactly. Yeah, I know. I'll have to, I will have to go find that. Well, I'm a propagandist. Yeah. So, okay. So now, if I found this interesting article about the re- about uh, the a regular visit with your doctor is quickly becoming a thing of the past. Now, um, 
there has been, uh, you know, I don't know. We're we're having to deal with we're having to uh, well, I don't know, deal with maybe deal with some doctor stuff on our on our side over here. Not uh, not, but uh, it, so uh, yeah, we're gonna have to figure out some doctors and and yeah, and you know, um, in this case, Doctor Chris Hakim lives in a version of the not so distant past. He practices modern medicine and spends as much time as he likes with patients without issue. A departure from the growing trend in healthcare. This is true. Maybe he has a direct primary care group or something. I think that's probably the best way to do it, which means they're not dealing with insurance companies and they're Yeah, you know. so they get to do their own thing without being regulated, kinda of like we do in our podcast. Exactly. So now the patient is now seeing a physician who doesn't decide how much time he spends with a given patient, Hakeem said. Those things are dictated by someone else. They're guidelines to everything. And they come from administration. And you know, and, and yeah, I mean when when I was seeing my doctor, I was seeing and you know, I mean I actually see the actual doctor for for like five minutes or something at, at most, right? And, and then you know, they're not gonna be able to diagnose much of anything. About all they can do is you know, they can type in the notes and into Epic and you know, prescribe the medication. That's all they can do, right? Um, and of course, one of the pressures among the physician shortage, right, that's, that's going on is the modern reimbursement model called fee-for-service. Now, it's very hard for independent primary care physicians to make money in a fee-for-service world, uh, Dr. Steve Perlman, a vice president of medical operations for Centara Medical Group said, and many times... Yeah, listen to this bullshit. Yeah, and many times the solution to reducing costs is reduce what they're paying the physician rather than focusing on things like you like you do really need to do other procedures or, or surgery. So in that sense, there's a certain amount of pressure for physicians and, and I don't know what APPs are in here, just, you know, basically you know, other medical professionals to see a certain number of patients per day, which means that... Yeah, and our, first of all, take into consideration who is making this quote. He's the vice president of med operations for a medical group. Of course, he's going to shit on the fact that, oh, it's hard to make you know money as an independent primary care physician. Really? How do you fucking know? Do you re do you see the climate change where everyone is shying away from doctors because they're sick and tired of being pharma dumpsters? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, because I and I have not. It's one thing I have not done since I have uh, since I have moved uh, to Tennessee is I have not uh, established uh, um, a relationship with a primary care physician because I don't really need one. I because you know I mean I I don't I, I frankly don't need one. I the only I mean I've seen an eye doctor. I probably need to go to the dentist at some point just to get get my teeth cleaned. But beyond that, it's uh, um, yeah I haven't. I, there's nothing going on, so I don't see the reason to go to a doctor. Certainly, when they're all they're going to do is push pharma or whatever. I don't. I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's like yeah, no thanks, doc. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm what I'm looking for, um, you know, what, what of course what I what I what I'd love to find around here, and I, I might have to go, uh, I might have to have a doctor, one of the other, you know, like like in Nashville or Knoxville or something. Is is uh, I, I'd like to get hooked up with one of these direct primary care clinics, and if I, that way I can, you know, if I have questions, I can ask the doctor and get you know and get whatever tests I want, and they can you know I can drive that conversation. You know, they get you know they get paid to uh, you know that that's the thing about like the direct primary care and some of the stuff is yeah you might pay a certain fee a month for but you can get you know as uh, kind of like as many visits as you want or whatever and they'll spend as much time as necessary and they're they're interested obviously the more the less that they see patients the more that they uh, you know more money they make so they want to actually it's in their interest to you know to actually help you out and solve your problems and maybe not you know maybe not you know use pharma where necessary but but if there's other solutions that are going to be more effective in the long term yeah that's what they want and so people that are trying to optimize their health might use a, uh, you know a direct primary care physician and uh, so yeah I mean this is something we need to look at and I mean also, as also when we start helping out your mom with stuff we probably this is you know, figuring out doctors is going to be fun yeah, yeah but you know what I I think that 
with the interventions that we are applying, her need for these doctors will actually lessen. Yeah, I think so, too. Much like the need for the medications. I mean, I'm hopeful. She's, you know, she's almost 70 years old, but I'm, I'm not giving up. This is, this is full steam ahead and make progress. And we are making progress. Exactly. So I think we, so I think we are. Uh, so th- this, next, uh, this next story that we have was kind of interesting when I looked at it. Because it's talking about the long-term use of popular acid reflux drugs can increase the risk of dementia. That's interesting because there's one simple and easy way to not have to take those acid reflux drugs. Change your diet. Stop eating trash panda and hot fresh garbage food. It's amazing. And, And I'm speaking as someone with experience because... I used to get heartburn all the time. I lived on those Alka-Seltzer chews. And when I cleaned up my diet and started doing the no sugar, no grain thing and got with Foam Boy and everything, it's amazing to me. I can go months on end with no heartburn or acid reflux as long as I don't cheat and eat something that I shouldn't that has seed oils, grains, things like that in it. That is one surefire way for me to get a hella case of indigestion, heartburn, or acid reflux is eating hot, fresh garbage, trash panda food. Exactly. And that's, so, and that's, so yeah, we don't really, I mean, and there's much, I, I, have, I have to read a little bit of this because it'll maybe be obvious in a second. Long-term use of certain acid reflux drugs may elevate the risk of developing dementia, new research has found. You know, you know, he used to take these, uh, these, uh, or the, uh, let's the uh, uh, omeprazole, which is the which is one of the drugs that the omeprazole, that are, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, uh, you know who used to take that stuff like Pez candy? Mm, probably the 450 plus pound useless sack of guts that you got divorced from. Yeah, uh, that, that yeah her. Um, so um, now people who take proton pump inhibitors, which is what these drugs are for treating acid reflux uh, every day for four and a half years or more, are at a 33 percent increased risk of developing dementia, according to the latest study published in the journal Neurology. Dementia is the loss of the ability to think, remember, and make decisions. More than 55 million people have dementia worldwide and over 6.7 million individuals age 65 and above in the United States live with this condition. And I'm convinced that most of them live in Nashville and are driving around me. Yes. Yeah. Proton pump inhibitors are a class of medications used for treating conditions such as acid reflux, gastroepigeal uh, re- uh, reflux disease, GERD. Also known as GERD. Yeah, and stomach ulcers. They function by reducing the amount of stomach acid produced in the stomach lining. Now, some examples of PPIs are uh, Meprazole, uh, Esmoprazole, Lanosprazole, uh, Raspberry Piprazole or something. I don't know. Pantoprazole, Dexlanoprazole, and Zegarate. I don't know. Here's what they suggest. Uh, they tell you just lifestyle changes lose weight and quit smoking okay well you know those are those are you know that's that's very generic they also suggest maybe sleeping on your left side or elevating your head with a pillow i don't know maybe that has something have early dinner they suggest eating high fat high carb food and carbonated beverages yeah avoid the high carb food for sure the high fat food probably not gonna do anything for you limit alcohol and caffeine but like we said before maybe stop eating like shit because if you if you don't and then you and then you want to lose weight and you want and you think you you think th- that farm is not working and so then you're going to take some other farmer like Ozempic oh oh Ozempic what a fuck. yeah which we'll talk about you know oh look next 
Yes, exactly. So, Ozempic and other GLP-1 drugs under safety review for the risk of suicidal thoughts. Oh, yes. Semaglutide, sold under the brand names Ozempic and Wegovy, among others, as well as other GLP-1 medications that can aid with weight loss are currently under safety review for the potential risk of increasing suicidal thoughts. Uh, following a relatively small number of cases reporting suicidal thoughts and self-harming behavior in people using GLP-1 receptor ag uh, agonists, agencies and Canada, Europe, and the United Kingdom are assessing whether the side effect is caused by the medication or is associated with underlying conditions. Now, suicidal thoughts are not currently listed as a potential side effect of Ozempic, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's drug label and the EU product information. Now, but we, this is not the first we're hearing about the semaglutide drugs being linked to suicide. I believe that in episode 93, maybe, we addressed the fact that there was a woman who had killed herself after being on this medication. And it could be that that wasn't listed as a side effect, and that was why it made the print. But has anyone thought about the fact that maybe the reason that these people are so suicidal is not necessarily that they're taking this drug, but that they are a complete just tub of shit and realize that there is no miracle pill that's going to make you skinny you have to put the work in well no but i mean here's well no i mean i'm being i'm being a little facetious but i'm also being rather serious in so much as as we've stated before you cannot outrun a bad diet so if you're taking these medications but you're still eating all of the hot fresh garbage and you're not losing the weight you thought you would lose because oh if you look at all of these advertisements and this and that wow you know in just two weeks i lost 500 pounds like fuck that they're so full of shit with this drug yes not only are you losing weight but you're losing muscle so you're not helping yourself it, yeah. this does not surprise me that yet another finger quotes side effect has popped up for these medications i'm impatiently waiting and tapping my foot looking at my watch going when the fuck is the fda going to pull this medication off the market because it frankly is more dangerous than it is beneficial and like i said is it possible that the suicidal thoughts are not necessarily the medication but literally the hopelessness at realizing that this is not a miracle pill and you can't just take it and miraculously go from mama june to raquel welch yeah, I mean, and this is, you know, but I mean, it's not to say that that isn't that, that drugs haven't caused this problem before. Uh, Chantix, anybody? I mean, remember this that whole thing? And I mean, my, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I know, I know, my dad had, was taking Chantix at one point to try and quit smoking, and and uh, yeah, it did not, it didn't. Uh, yeah, Mama T tells me that was not, uh, that was not the uh, pleasant time. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so, meanwhile, um, insurance providers are halting coverage of Ozempic and other GLP-1 drugs. Now, and there, you know, the, the, there's some insurance companies, employers are halting coverage of these medications due to their increasing costs. Now, for example, the private healthcare system Ascension stopped coverage on July 1st, 2023, stating that weight loss and anti-obesity drugs will no longer be covered in its pharmacy benefit to its nearly 140,000 employees. Ascension noted that new weight loss medications that become available in the future will not be Covered either. However, he pointed out that the coverage for access to weight loss services provided through clinics or provider offices will not be affected by its change in coverage. Now, 
it, now this I, I had to put this in here. I put this in here because I think it, it tells you just kind of how how big how much the, the scam is here with with drugs. While the pharmacy benefit managers are getting discounts of fifty percent or more from these inflated prices, he said not all of that savings filters down to the employer who pays for drug plans or to the patients who typically have to pay a copay of twenty percent on the list price. Uh, Dr. Angela Finch, co-founder of Known Well and president of the Obesity Medicine Association, said that the fact that people have to take GLP-1s long-term adds to the hesitations to cover them. And when you take into account how long patients are taking them and the number of patients eligible, the cost adds up. Well, yeah, you know, they're, they're the insurance companies are in the business to make money, y'all. Yeah, but here's an interesting theory. And maybe a possible workaround. So remember that these drugs are not meant to be weight loss drugs. They are literally a diabetes drug. So if you, are they just not covering it at all? Or is it just not being covered under the guise of a weight loss drug? Because if they're, if they're not covering it all, there's going to be a lot of diabetics who are screwed if you have Ascension insurance. And if they are covering for diabetics, then the workaround is simple. You have your doctor tell them that it's being prescribed for diabetes and, you know, Bob's your uncle, it's covered. However, I'm going to revert back to point A, which is if you are taking it for weight loss... Yeah, you probably have diabetes or are pre-diabetic anyway. So is it really a workaround? Exactly. Well, I'm not sure, and I'd have to. Yeah, more research is needed to understand that. And frankly, I never want to be in a position where I have to take those drugs. So it's it's a it's a it's a thing. So meanwhile. Um, there's a there uh, so you know there's been a lot of uh, transgender uh, policies uh, put in place uh, you know there you know for, for depending in in, in uh, you know in medical systems these days and 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 unfortunately there 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 or at least you know and there's some that think that maybe those uh, policies put people at risk and it's very simple you know, so today some people who identify as transgender expect their doctors to pick up on the unspoken fact that sometimes men complaining of stomach pain are actually women who identify as men. Uh, for doctors to be oblivious to or to ignore basic human biology, such as the differences between male and female, already has caused great harm, including death, said Dr. Jeffrey Barrow, Senior Vice President of Bioethics and Public uh, Policy for the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Now, that's you can argue that that's a... Yeah, there, there's some religious bias there, but uh, I don't think what he says is wrong here. And unfortunately, there's there are very tragic cases are rare, but they're likely to become more common, as Dr. Barrow said. So it gets to the point that we in the healthcare profession must keep track of the true biologic sex of the patient. But if in the process of trying to assess and provide life-saving care, a doctor notes the biological sex of a patient on a chart, for example, he or she can be at risk of being fired, Dr. Barrow said. Okay, so I, I need to tell a story. And it's very pertinent to this. I actually know a transgender person who is a female to male transgender. And this person, without any drugs, any hormones, just naturally looks like a guy to the point of full beard and mustache. I mean, it, it rare case at best. However, okay... This person was telling me one time they had gone to the doctor and just looking at them, never looked at their chart because on their chart, it has their uh, gender of birth listed on the chart and never bothered to look at the chart, just saw the person in front of them and wanted to do a hernia check. 
And this person was like, huh, doc, uh, it's going to be a little hard, dude. I'm kind of missing some equipment there. And this is the shit you deal with is that they're so busy. They're not paying attention to jack shit. And I'm not surprised that this has now come to the forefront with the huge transgender movement where it's now becoming a huge issue because so many people are transitioning. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the, the medical field largely has accepted r- a radical gender ideology as science. And doctors who speak against it risk losing their jobs, Dr. Barrow said. That sounds familiar. Um, in 2019, the New England Journal of Medicine described the case of a woman who had undergone procedures to look like a man. She lost her baby because doctors failed to diagnose her as pregnant. I mean, yeah. This, however, is not the first transgender uh, female to male who has had a baby. I'm sure you all have heard the story of the man that gave birth, and it was literally a female to male trans that they, her partner and her himself had made the choice to have a baby. And because she, the, sorry, I'm not trying to misgender, but the, the trans man, if you will, had decided that he would carry the baby. I don't remember exactly why. Uh, I believe it was because his partner was unable to. And it made big headlines because, you know, ooh, man has baby. And this is not the first time we have seen this. However, okay, I'm just going to totally say it. Um, First of all, if you are a female to male who got pregnant, it means you're having sex with a man or somehow you were inseminated, okay? And you would think that there would be some kind of clue that, you know, this this could be a possibility. I mean, here's the irony is that anyone who goes in the hospital, in that medical record, there should have been listed that this person was once upon a time of the female gender, so questions should have been asked that that lawsuit really should be that is a lawsuit that should happen i'm just saying call me a shill but seriously that was a major malfeasance of the doctor well yeah and and bully steve points out in the chat that it was a plant story enough to give a lead up to a pregnant man and yeah you know there you go good point pregnant man emoji um now it's so um, and, and so, yeah, heart attack symptoms in men, for example, often include chest pain, and women might experience nausea or heartburn. Now, in an emergency, a person who convincingly appears as the opposite sex may cause a doctor to miss symptoms that would lead to a correct diagnosis in time to provide rapid treatment, Dr. Barrow said, and the misunderstanding could prove fatal. And purely medically speaking, he said, what's best for the transgender patient is for a doctor not to have to guess the sex of the patient. I'm, yeah i mean if the doctor doesn't have all the facts the doctor can't can't you know whether he can't not being allowed to ask is such a problem i don't understand that it's literally a necessity for care not that i'm on the side of doctors i'm on the side of common fucking sense yeah exactly um so, meanwhile, uh, the court um, so a, a, so a court bans religious uh, vaccine exemptions for Connecticut children. 
uh, in a two-to-one decision, the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan rejected a legal challenge to Connecticut's Public Act 21-6, a hotly contested law adopted in 2021 that repealed non-medical exemptions from immunization requirements for children in schools, colleges, and daycare facilities. I would just like to know why a fucking New York court is deciding a Connecticut matter. Yeah, it's a district court, I guess. It's a court of appeals. The lone dissenting... That's still not the point. No. New York is not Connecticut. This is true. Now, the lone dissenting voice in the Connecticut case came from Judge Joseph F. Bianco, who criticized Judge Atherton for dismissing the case too quickly and uh, not giving the plaintiffs enough time to fully explain how it goes against the constitutional right to religious freedom. Now, Judge uh, Bianco also wrote in the opinion that the defendants failed to establish how Connecticut is different from the vast majority of other states that have a religious vaccine exemption with no apparent impairment to the safety of their residents. Although Connecticut asserts this differing treatment between religious and secular exemptions was prompted by a substantial increase uh, over uh, over recent years in the number of religious exemptions and an, acu- and an acute risk of an outbreak of disease, Connecticut fails to explain how 44 states in the District of Columbia have maintained a religious exemption for mandatory student vaccinations without jeopardizing public health and safety, Judge Bianco wrote. Now, Judge Bianco also questioned Connecticut's argument that abolishing the religious exemption threatens public health by pointing out that Public Act 21-6 contains a legacy provision that lets students with current religious exemptions remain unvaccinated until they graduate high school. Now, again, they make the rules so they think that they can change them mid-game. Yeah. Connecticut also fails to articulate how having the grandfather clause in the act that allows students with current religious exemptions to remain unvaccinated until they graduate high school, which could be over a decade if they were in kindergarten at the time of the passage of the act, is consistent with its position that the elimination of the religious exemption was necessary to prevent an acute risk of an outbreak of disease among students, the judge wrote. Now, Norm Pattis a lawyer for one of the plaintiffs praised the dissenting court and vowed to press for a full 13-judge appeals court review of the case. Now, we think the dissent got it right, he said in a statement. The case raises grave First Amendment issues about the role of religion in American life. And we'll ask the Second uh, Circuit uh, Court uh, for a re-argument and an in-bank hearing, he added. And I would just like to point out, if I may, that just because you're vaccinated does not mean that you're not going to get covid if anything you could get it worse because of the vaccine as we have seen and also uh, schools are breeding grounds for disease i i think it's complete shit that these schools are still taking a vaccine that has been proven time and time again to be more dangerous than beneficial to those who receive it through the way that it changes one's own dna to the fact that these medical conditions that are deadly are cropping up in certain groups and yet they still press forward and y'all still think this isn't a government genocide exactly um so um all right we this is in the, yeah this is i mean this th- we get now we're getting into some interesting uh stuff here now there are there are uh conscious medical conscious bills that are being uh, put out there uh but in different states and, the, and that allows medical providers to opt out of uh you know of providing certain care to certain uh, people uh, and then we wonder why the days of physicians and primary care doctors and people going to them you know, hello, telemed is going away. 
Because people are not going to put up with this shit. Yeah. So a new Montana law will provide sweeping legal protections to healthcare practitioners who refuse to prescribe marijuana or participate in procedures and treatments such as abortion, medically assisted death, gender affirming care, or others that run afoul of their ethical, moral, or religious beliefs or principles. And the, the law goes into effect in October and will gut patients' ability to take legal action if they believe they didn't receive proper care due to a conscientious objection by a provider or an institution such as a hospital. Now, so-called med- medical conscious objection laws have existed at the state and federal levels for years, with most protecting providers who refuse to perform an abortion or sterilization procedure. But the new Montana law and others like it that have passed or have been introduced in other state houses across the U.S. goes further to the point of undermining patient care and threatening the right of people to receive life-saving and essential care, according to critics. Now, I have to ask a question here, and, and this is, so why should your need, and I'm going to put need in quotes for medical treatment, again, I'll put that in quotes, be filled by someone who, who, uh, uh, doesn't want to do it. Why is it? Okay, I, I think I can absolutely answer this for you. I think it's a matter of if you are a doctor in a hospital and a transgender person comes in, or some, let's just say an unvaxxed person, if that happens to be the thing, which I know this isn't necessarily part of, but just follow my logic. We were just bitching about the fact that a physician didn't properly care for someone. Because he didn't know that this person was transgender. This is literally making it where if you're a doctor in a hospital and a trans person comes in, you can literally refuse to treat that fucking person. It does not matter if they are in full-blown cardiac arrest, gunshot wound, you name it. Something that is threatening their life. You literally can go, oh, not my patient. That is what this does. And that is disgusting Uh, because you take the Hippocratic Oath as a doctor. And part of that means you don't get to be xenophobic and be like, oh, well, I don't like this person because they're trans. I don't like this person because they're black. I don't like this person because they're 10 feet tall. Fuck that. If you're not going to treat everyone with the same level of care, then get out of being a doctor. Turn your license in for that matter. Here's an idea. State your politics publicly before you get licensed. That way there's no fucking way they'll give you one. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there. by the way, there is, so there is an, ex- the exception is emergency rooms where the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act takes precedence. So th- this is, so you're talking about, and you know, in the case of emergency situation, that's, that's a little bit of a different thing. Uh, now, the, the, the way the article said, you know, so I, I t- so I tend to call the medical refusal bills, said Liz Reiner Platt, the director of Columbia Law School Rights and Religion Project. Patients are being denied the standard of care being denied adequate medical care because objections to certain routine medical practices are being prioritized over patient health. This year, 21 bills instituting or expanding conscious clauses have been introduced in state houses and two have become law, according to the nonprofit uh, Guttmacher Institute. Uh, Florida lawmakers passed legislation that allows providers and insurers to refuse any health service that violates ethical beliefs. Montana's law goes further, prohibiting the assignment of health workers to provide, facilitate, or refer patients for abortion unless the providers have consented in writing. Now, South Carolina, Ohio, and Arkansas previously passed uh, similar bills. Now, the, the supporters of the Montana law called the Implement Medical Ethics and Diversity Act say it fills gaps in federal law, empowering more medical professionals to practice medicine based on their conscience in circumstances beyond abortion and sterilization. Now, the bill applies to a wide range of practitioners, institutions, and insurers, encompassing just about any type of health care and anyone who could be providing it. Now, the exception is emergency rooms, where the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act takes precedence. Now, 
So I, it's still, I don't know. There, there's a lot of, I could, I can see some issues with, with these laws in both ways, right? It, in a huge way. This is really bugging. This story bugs the hell out of me merely because of the fact that it's literally become Dr. McFeely in so much as I'm in my McFeelings. Yeah. There's, like I said, there are, there's a lot of pro- there's 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 issues with this, and I don't and I'm not going to even pretend to 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 yeah and the, the, yeah it's like where I, you know it, it, it's it's a legitimate question here. It's like where does you know where do my rights begin and you know or where do my rights end and your rights begin in this in this uh, in this uh, situation? And that's you know that's and I don't know the answer to that question in these cases. But I, I just think that there's a lot of legal parts of this that we are not seeing there's got to be some degree of rights somewhere that makes it that they can't do this i mean i don't know currently what it is but just in the common sense department you know again i go back to everybody being all about my feels and oh my god i'm so offended by everything Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, you know what? It's time it's time to time to take a sip of coffee here. Uh, because we, Yay, we need coffee. To, we need to make sure we enjoy life's little joys like coffee and, and they can and they because they can boost your brain power. So this is a nice lead into the happiness segment. Um, indulging in simple everyday pleasures of life without guilt. Uh, it, and researchers say activities like sipping coffee and listening to your favorite tune not just unwind in your mind, but also boost your brain power. The, so And we actually can say we've seen this before we even saw this story. We were watching this unfold with my own mom. Yes, this is true. Uh, so, the little joys of life strengthen cognitive performance and help the brain in tasks that require concentration and memory, according to the latest study conducted by researchers from the NYU Tandon School of Engineering. Now, the team made the interesting findings by using MindWatch, a brain monitoring technology developed by Professor Rose uh, uh, Faggy, a, a senior of the, uh, or senior author of the study. Now, the findings from the MindWatch algorithm suggest music and coffee made a significant brain arousal in the participants and led them to a, 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 a physiological state of mind that improved their working memory. The study also found the two stimulants increased beta beta band, beta brand. That is a serious tongue twister, beta band. I'm I'm going to write beta brand down as a... Yeah, beta brand has to be a thing. Yes. Uh, So researchers tested the effect of three types of music, energetic and relaxing music familiar to the participant and novel novel AI-generated music based on their tastes. The the participants showed their best performance in tests when they listened to AI-generated music. The use of familiar energetic music was more effective compared to relaxed ones. Now, among the three types of stimulants, the most pronounced effect on brain was seen with music following by coffee. Now, perfumes had a modest positive effect. Now, the the pandemic has, has impacted the mental well-being of many people across the globe, and now more than ever, there's a need to seamlessly monitor the negative impact of everyday stressors on one's cognitive function, Fagig said. Now, right now, MindWatch is still under development, but our eventual goal is that it will contribute to the technology that could allow any person to monitor his or her own brain cognitive arousal in real time, detecting moments of acute stress or cognitive disagreement for disengagement, for example. At those times, MindWatch could nudge a person towards simple and safe interventions, perhaps listening to music, so they could get themselves into a brain state which they feel better and perform job or school tasks more successfully. Now, okay. okay, We literally saw this with my mom. As you guys know, we moved her in about a week and a half or so ago. And 
It kind of, and this, I know this, this is usually toast and jam, but this is very relevant to this story. So every morning, phone boy goes downstairs and he makes coffee. We wake mom up, tell her, you know, come down, have coffee. And it's kind of become a thing where while we're all getting ready for the day and having our coffee, we'll break out a game of gin rummy. And when we first started doing it, she was like, oh, I don't remember if I know how to play. It's, you know, it's been a while. And she had to have a little bit of reminder. But the fact we listen to music while we are playing cards in the morning while we're having the coffee. And we also listen to music during dinner time. The whole circular thing has just absolutely become so beneficial for her. She actually got up yesterday, went downstairs and thought that phone boy was still sleeping and made coffee and was sitting having a cup and she's making coffee this morning too what are you talking yeah, about yeah that's right yeah. she's you know she's helping clean the condo she's helping make dinners she has made amazing progress over the last week and a half from when she first got here she's eating better she's sleeping better she's definitely more engaged and then the whole coffee music thing just is so interesting i didn't even realize we had this story because we literally watched this unfold with this simple card game that now she's the one when we sit down for coffee <clears throat> who's initiating it and really being so involved and so present, it's just so beautiful to see. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been uh, kind of fun that that is uh, that, that that's that that's working. Yeah, we we sat down for coffee and a card game broke up, as, as the saying goes. Um, now, um, I think it's time for the happiness segment, which means we got to play this. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Yeah. Now that's right, and. You know, we don't want to know what you uh, do in your off time. So um, we're not king shaming, but we, we don't want to know. Exactly. Now, now a hero post office worker saves a senior from sending thousands of dollars to a scammer. That's, that's awesome. So um, the postal worker in Scotland saved a vulnerable senior by foiling an attempted scam at the last minute just before she mailed the swindler over $3,000. The scammers contacted her and claimed to be from her bank, saying there was an unusual activity on her account. They told her she would withdraw all of her savings and send it to an address um, so that they could deposit it into a new account. Now, when the elderly woman came to the Paisley Post Office four days ago, manager uh, Najma Mohammed noticed that she was visibly shook. They detailed the incident on their Facebook page, saying, as a customer was known to us, we thought it was out of character and asked what was in the package. Now, she, the customer hesitated but told her it was money worth 3000 that she'd withdrawn from her bank. Miss Mohammed immediately told her it was likely to be a scam and she should contact her bank to verify the information. All the while, the scammers kept calling her back. This time, however, uh, Najma answered, the, and they hung up. Now, the bank confirmed that no such call of this type had or ever would be made regarding withdrawal of money, and the post office stressed that it's important to let our elderly loved ones know about the variety of scams that are being perpetrated so they don't fall prey. And in fact, I should point out, there was actually an article in um, in, in our, um, I think it was in one of the newspapers here that, we, that, that actually show up at the house, um, about uh, certain kinds of scams that are going on i think I, I think i read i'm trying to remember if i read them to uh, to you and your mom i, I think you made me aware of the article but i don't believe you read it 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually pull it up here. There's because there's something I think you should I, I think because I, I think we need to I think we need to add it here. So uh, let's see some. I'm trying to think of where it is. So but I just want to say kudos to that postal worker for being present enough and caring enough about another human being to not want to see that person completely financially wiped out and devastated. That I mean, you're one of the good ones, sir. Thank you for your courage wherever you are. Yeah. So, so here's what. Okay, so I've got I've got the I've I've got the article here from the Glade Sun. Beware of strangers wanting info or money out of the blue. Now, uh, so um, this, there's a there's a picture of the of the of a police captain in front of the in front in front of the uh, the the Fairfield Glade. You know, I guess talking somewhere. I don't know. And say with with scams in greater abundance these days, the best advice on how to avoid being fooled by them is to remember something we've heard heard time and time again during our long lives, but which is even more relevant today. If it sounds too good to be true it probably is fairfield glade police captain mark rosser told an audience gathered at the center on uh, july 28th to learn how to protect themselves against those unscrupulous thieves who will stop at practically nothing to get money from us now um you know and, yeah and, we're called podcasters yeah exactly uh, you know, yeah yeah you can send your filthy lucre to us we take it uh, that's right we're a charitable organization if your money offends you we will take it off your hands gladly and we'll even send you a receipt if it makes you happy yeah so um let's see if, another of rosser's most important tips which he emphasized several times to the group of 50 residents was to avoid giving in to pressure to act quickly when someone we don't know contacts us by telephone including a text or an email he said we should take time to consider whether the person is trying to trick us such as by requiring upfront payment of a fee for something that seems legitimate he recommended letting a family member or friend know what is happening because they might be able to help determine whether it's a scam now legitimate businesses will give you time to make a decision he said and that is, that is definitely true um, Mama T was actually telling us a story about this recently where, or maybe it was just me she was telling, where she had a friend who she hadn't spoken to in quite a number of years. And out of the blue on Facebook, you know, there's problem number one. This person just pops up like, hey, how you been? And uh, then uh, wants money. And when she told this person, like, look, I don't have that kind of money. And, um, yeah, all of a sudden the person just whooshed, disappeared after, of course, you know, a, a lot of guilt trip and woe is me. I mean, total scam. And thankfully, Mama T has Mr. Phone Boy over here who has helped her and taught her well, as has his dad back in the time when they were together, about, you know, things dealing with internet and scams and she's a smart lady herself so you know she she encountered one of these and just shut it down real quick and we have to watch my mom for that exact same reason because up until we got her into the apple cult she's one of us now <laughs> until that she her we literally had to have her phone turned off um like powered off because all day long, phone calls and text messages, because she took a survey online or this or that. And I'm just like, we're done. You want to play games? Because that's where a lot of the shit came from, is these stupid online games or on app, 
you know, these app games on your phone. I said, you can put those games on your tablet, but you are not putting them on the phone. The phone is for texting. The phone is for phone calls. That is the only two things that that phone needs to be used for. It's for, rest, couple, it's for a couple other things, but, but for the for most, the part, most yeah. part. Yeah, there's, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's damn sure not used for games anymore. Yeah, because there's, because, yeah, she wants to install an app. She's going to have to get the password for me to do that. And I haven't given her that password yet. It's so. a simple matter of checks and balances for her own safety. Yeah, exactly. So we, so yeah, I mean, this is, yeah, there, this article, I'm not, I, I'm not going to, I didn't mean to touch on this article, but it became relevant as we were, we were talking here. Um, but yeah, they also talk about Medicare scams, which given, given the, probably the average age of people in the Glade, uh, that's, that's probably relevant information. <laughs> and that's another reason why anyone from Medicare that calls for my mom, because she is on it because of her age. Yeah, they have to go through me and yeah. I'm a very tough person you need to be completely on point and if i think anything is shitty and shady you're oh you're block you're done yeah exactly so i just i think it's yeah we we were yeah i mean and this has been it's been a bit of a you know they're knowing you know this has been part of what we've been dealing with as well is trying to get a handle on you know what which company does what kind of thing or which companies exist for what purpose and that kind yeah, of thing especially so, having to take over making sure that she knew how to access like her health savings account or whatever it is and i mean just there were so many moving parts and I have to give phone boy kudos and appreciation for all the help that he's been to my mom this week because I've been out kicking ass at work. So <clears throat> it's, it's definitely been quite a jungle to have to weed through, but he's done it with grace and style and I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, we got, yeah, there, there's still more, few, few more things to do there, but I think we've made some, uh, we, we you've made, made we more progress in one day than other people who were supposedly trying to help have made in months. Yeah. Well, we got, we got through it. All right. So now, um, a college athlete uh, learns his teammate do donates plasma to a Ford school, so he gave him his scholarship. Now, so a collegiate athlete who had won a scholarship to Eastern Michigan University to play football gave it all away to his teammate who was struggling to pay tuition bills. Uh, without a doubt, offensive lineman Brian Dooley would have been extremely proud to have earned a full-ride scholarship to undergraduate and graduate school at EMU. But as much as he saw his dedication to the sport payoff, there was something that always pushed him to work harder, and it was the grind an ethic of his partner on the offensive line, Zach Conti, who uh, made it onto the team as a walk-on, meaning without a scholarship. Conti paid his 7000 per semester tuition and associated expenses all on his own, even going as far as selling his blood plasma to make the payments. Now, football is something I really love, so ever since I got to school, I've had to do whatever it takes to stay here and, uh, and stay in a good position with academics and football and everything, Conti, a senior at Eastern Michigan, said in a video shared by the university with ABC News. So, I work a landscaping job, and I rip out carpets and I demo tile floors whenever I'm not working or not doing football or going to school. And everyone on the team uh, was aware of the situation and despite and, and despite the camaraderie, Conti said it was it was always difficult to ask for help. Now Dooley wasn't about to wait for Conti to ask though after he heard that Conti was considering quitting the team as the bills piled up around him. And he walked into Coach Crichton's office and said if there was if there were any way he could transfer his scholarship to Conti to keep his friend on the team, something he had never heard or seen before from a student. Now the O line brotherhood is something that is hard to break. We have each other's back. That's why I wanted to get Conti's back, Dooley told Good Morning America. And if Conti wasn't there, I'd give it to somebody else, too. If somebody's working that hard and they deserve a scholarship, I want to give it to them. And now, one day during a team meeting, Coach Crichton... Uh, 
began praising Conti's work ethic before saying that Brian Dooley wanted to recognize his effort and hand over their scholarship. He asked Brian Dooley to stand up, and the two young men shared an embrace. The whole team celebrated. Now, their season starts September 1st. I can't wait for football season. I'm wearing my I'm wearing my ball stuff today. And although Dooley will now have to take on his own university expenses, he's currently in his final year of eligibility. I want to watch them play if they're, like, televised, just so we can see these boys kicking ass on the O-line. Good on you, Mr. Dooley. Yes, exactly. Now, um, now this is a this is a story, it's kind of, it, it almost is, I almost, uh, uh, it's almost a dishonorable mention. Hey, that's a new, it's a new segment we're going to have. It's almost, but uh, it, this was, this, this was, a, this was actually, a, this was actually a, 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 some history this week. 120 years ago this week, Anthony Pratt was born, and Pratt's claim to fame was his con version of the popular social party game Murder into a tabletop board game known today as Clue, or in the UK, Cluedo. Yeah. Living as an assemblyman in a munitions factory in England during the Second World War, Pratt felt that the conflict was killing social life of the nation. So, um, now, that, okay, wait a minute. Second World War. Okay, hold on. So, okay, th th I'm just reading this story going, wait a minute. If he was born 120 years ago, that was well before, World War II was in the 1940s, right? So, that was, that was less, th that was less than 120 years ago. But I because this came, yeah, I guess but this came, but I guess this came How old was he when he came up yeah, with this okay, is the that question. Makes, okay, that makes sense. So, so, Pratt felt the conflict was killing all the social life of the nation. The original, I'm getting confused with the history of Monopoly, which is also talked about in here. The, the original characters yes. were be Dr. Black, Mr. Brown, Mr. Gold, Reverend Green, Miss Gray, Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, Nurse White, Miss Silver, and Colonel Yellow. Pratt was inspired by the social game Murder, organized at an event such as a ball with many people present. The organizer would nominate a person as the murderer who could murder people by sneaking up on them and surprising them with a shout. All the party guests would have to use clues to solve the mystery by officially accusing someone. Now, when the war was over, the Pratts demonstrated the game to their friends who loved it, and Anthony's wife, Elva, convinced him to pitch his idea to Waddington's gaming business. Now, across the pond, Parker Brothers, the American game manufacturer that produced Monopoly, was excited about Pratt's invention. To produce the mystery game for Americans, Parker Brothers gave Waddington's the right to Monopoly in exchange for the ones to Pratt's. Now, when Cluedo was released, it became a hit among gamers and mystery lovers alike. It became a household name as families and friends have fun figuring out who done it. When the, when the game was released internationally, it was expanded to include more colorful suspects, crime scenes, and murder weapons. In more than four countries, Cluedo's rated as the most famous tabletop game second to Monopoly. And honestly, um, Monopoly doesn't have a movie made about it, but Clue does. Yeah, this is true. So who's bigger? Well, it's a good question. I don't know who's got better marketing, maybe. Yeah, the yeah, that's a that's a yeah, the history of Monopoly. That's something I'll have to get into at some point. I I, I think we it, should. Yeah, well, I uh, so as a kid, I actually um, um I actually did a bit of research. I mean, I actually I think I Maxine Brady's the Monopoly book is a is a, it talks about the game and the different strategies for playing and that kind of thing and and it's a um yeah, it's just, it's it, it'd be an interesting to get that book again, but that's a but that that act, that book had a lot of, they got into some of the history of how the game was, uh, you know, how, how the game got to Parker Brothers' attention and that kind of thing, and you know who who stole it from who kind of thing. Um, you know, there's exactly. a bit of that going on. But anyway, um, yeah, this is a great. Uh, that, so yeah, so yeah, we might have to get the uh, we might have to get uh, uh, some. I think we might need to get Clue. Um, we definitely should probably some pro uh, probably some procure procure some 
board games to play with my mom. That would be a lot of fun, especially when the kiddos come over. I mean, of course, we do do Cards Against Humanity, but yes. that, the more people you have with that game, the better it is. So to have only three players, it's not as much fun. That's that's right. So, all right, I think we are. I think so we're. I think I think we're at the point in the show where we got to do time to get stupid. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Ho, pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. Well, I think yes. Re- yeah, Rev for- is out there trying to make miracles because he's got to be a thousand miles away at 1 a.m. Monday morning, so that's literally only two days to get it done. So there is no stopping. There is no pissing around. Matter of fact, he's probably even peeing in a bottle so he doesn't have to stop unless he has to fuel. So let's hope he doesn't have to drop a deuce. But anyway. Uh, Phone Boy is a great pitch hitter when we don't have a cause. That's right. So he's going to give you this gem this week. That's right. Um, You know, I've been diving into I've been diving into Led Zeppelin lately, and yes, I know this this song. I feel like we did this one last week. To be honest, no, we did not do this last week. We did a different one last week. I I believe. Fair enough. I believe I have this in the list because we played. Oh, you know what? I'll bet we played this in the after party as a parody. Yes, we played it in the after parties. That's what it was. I know we had played it recently. So all right. Uh, for all y'all who haven't experienced it, uh, let's go to Gilligan's Island by way of the stairway. Started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three hour tour. A three hour tour. And makes me wonder. Okay, we'll have to wait uh, for the uh, we'll have to wait for the after party to play the whole thing. That's right. right. Yeah, so uh, that's how that works. But uh, yeah, we got to. But it gives w- all a reason to stick around for Studio Thirty Three yeah. to hear the rest of that track. That's right. So um, okay, so we have uh, let's see. So we did not actually talk about the toast and jam segment before we got going. But uh, um, so uh, what do you have from Rideshare this week? Not a whole lot. I mean, I had a bunch of rides. I did have an interesting ride that I picked up from, I'm trying to remember, I think they went to the airport. And I was, of course, asking, you know, where they were from and everything. And she said she was from Idaho. And I was like, oh, wow. And I mentioned the fact of Mountain Madness Soap, which is in Coeur d'Alene. And she knows of it and loves their soaps. And it was such a serendipitous moment that her being from Idaho and me being way here in Tennessee, like, how would I know about that? So, you know, I told the TLDR about our road trip when Phone Boy moved east to start life over here in the beautiful state. So that was one of the interesting ride shares I had this week. I also had a man who was born in Germany and grew up in New Zealand. 
and then moved to England before moving to the States. And that was a long ride. So I got a fantastic opportunity to listen to him speak, which as you all know, I love accents. So it was really great to be able to have the conversation with someone who had such a lovely accent and learn about this person. And also we, you know, we, we share a lot of the same views of the dystopia of the world and the way it's heading and things of that nature. And he was actually kind of tech savvy too. So it was, it was a very interesting conversation for sure. You also got to speak Russian to somebody this week. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. So, okay. I have studied a little bit of Russian on my own because I think it's a really awesome language. I love listening to it being spoken. And I was on my way home and the way Lyft works, you don't have to be online. If there is a ride that pops up and you have the map up, it will come up and basically tell you like, hurry up to match this ride. So there is a the, you have heard Phone Boy and I talk about our beautiful cottage in Middle Tennessee. And the exit we take to go to that cottage just happened to be the exit off which this ride was located. And it's also on my way home from Nashville. So when it popped up, I was on the phone with Phone Boy and I'm like, babe, I'm going to take this one last ride because it's here in Gordonsville and it's like a five mile ride and it's paying cake. So he was like, all right, groovy. So the man gets in and I asked him a question in English and he responded in Russian. And I'm like, all right, I know what we're dealing with here. So I went, waited for him because it was a round trip. And then when we got back to the destination for where I had picked him up, where I had to drop him off at, because apparently his truck had broken down just up the interstate. So I saw him walking up the off-ramp for that exit. And I was looking to see, because if his truck was a quite a distance, I was actually going to go turn around and pick him back up, go turn around again and bring him to his truck so that he would not have to walk on the interstate. But his truck literally broke down almost at the mouth of the off-ramp. So I was confident that he would get there in you know without a whole lot of difficulty but when he got out of the car I said thank you in Russian and he was so blown away and we had a short conversation that you know I only speak a few words but you know I I felt that it would be an extra special touch to add to this man who was obviously having a shit night. So to have a driver in America say thank you in his native language, I'm sure meant a lot to him. So that was one of the interesting stories from Rideshow this week. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. We already talked about mom basically being, you know, so because it's our, that's on the, it was on our list here um, of, of uh, things for this uh, thing. So we're, I'm going to, I'm going to remove it so we don't have a time thing. But we have to, we have yeah, to. Yeah, but we, I do want to just say yeah, yeah. that I am really proud of the progress in the last week and a half that she has made. She took a three quarter mile walk with you to go to the mailbox and drop something in. Yeah. She has gotten her banking situation basically sewn up she's back on track with her bills she is looking at a net positive um you know on her cash flow she like we said you know she's getting up and making coffee in the morning on her own because we showed her how to do it and she's helping you know she's helping out around casa lotus because she's like i don't want to feel like i'm just Mm. taking up space i'm not i don't want to be a burden you know if i can do stuff if you will show me or tell me how it's done 
you know, I have no problem doing it. And I mean, obviously, we're not going to Cinderella the woman. But, you know, I mean, if she wants to clean a toilet and wipe a sink on the first floor so that, you know, it's divided up equally, uh, uh, you know, over the three floors. If she wants to help make dinner, it's something simple like the taco meat for the taco salad y'all had Mm -hmm. the other night. You know, she... She, I think she was actually the one who did the meat, wasn't she? Yeah, she, I mean, I I helped her season it because it, of course, you need, you know, you know how much seasoning. Yeah, you, you have to uh, use a fair amount of seasoning. But yeah, I mean, these are amazing improvements over what it was when she first got here, and I I don't want to actually put her on a scale because I think I would be defeated if she wasn't gaining weight at this point, only because. I see so many other positive occurrences. I want in my heart to believe that another positive occurrence will be she'll step on the scale and have gained even a pound. It would be a celebration, truly. And we might do that. Tomorrow morning, we might have that, you know, exactly that measurement just to see her progress. I mean, obviously, she has her own personal goals, which are great. She's got a pair of pajamas she wants to fit into and a couple other things. So she has set goals for herself and we are helping her to be on track with them because it's extremely important. Yeah. We, 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 we agree to that or we agree with that. Um, yeah, we, um, we want to acknowledge a, a tip that a Tigger had sent. Um, oh my God. Yes. This has changed. This has upped our coffee game. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, sprinkle some cinnamon in your coffee grinds uh, when you when, when you brew. Yeah, that, that uh, gives the gives the uh, coffee a nice cinnamon flavor, and it is very, oh, it's so nice. Oh yes, especially with the heavy cream, it is a, it is a quite nice. It is almost a, like a cinnamon roll in a sense. Well, and also the we so another thing that we didn't talk about is we got some more coffee from that great place in Goodlettsville that we like. They we got a pound of the amaretto, and then I wanted to try some of the blueberry cobbler and some of the English toffee. So yeah, I have, got we, we, half a pound of both of those. Yeah. So I only had I so the blueberry coffee. I have to. I have, so um, okay. So so it's heavy blueberry. Yeah, oh so, my god. So, okay. I'll, and I will tell you how much. So. Um, so I have a little hand coffee grinder that I used to, to, to grind the coffee there, you know, to almost you know, basically like right before we brew it. Uh, yeah. We don't pre grind anymore. We do it right before it goes in the filter to have the hot water added. Yeah. So, um, we, I had uh, ground some and uh, to, uh, to, to make sure mom could do it basically. And so we had some set up there to, and in the, in the coffee grinder that was ready to go. Right. Uh, for, for tomorrow morning and or, you know, for the, or for the next morning. And, and I uh, didn't realize it and added beans in that were blueberry cobbler because I wanted to make just one cup of blueberry cobbler and one cup of English toffee for me to bring to work the next day. And because I drink iced uh, Trenta size coffees, it, it would be perfect. And I did not realize, I didn't look, it's on me, that there was already ground coffee in the bottom piece of this grinder. And I added the beans in and started grinding. And that's when you pointed out like, uh, you know, there's already coffee in there. After I think I had literally ground the entire amount of grounds yeah. for my cup and yeah. i'm like well, what the actual fuck why is there coffee grounds in here there's never coffee grounds in here and the f- the fucked up part is i actually knew because i remember being on the phone when you all were talking about yeah. it so it is 
partially on me that I'm a raging retard and didn't remember there were coffee grounds already ground. However, but, okay, however, so so we poured the coffee. I said, okay, fine. You know, so we took the coffee and put it in a, and put it in a little container and said, we'll use it, you know, we'll use it later, right? And, you know, I think the next day we'd use that coffee to, uh, to in, in, in brewed it. So it was, uh, I think it was like mostly Lavazza, which is kind of, kind of a, you know, one of our uh, sort of standbys. Um, and then uh, in some of this blueberry. And yeah, the blueberry was strong, folks. I mean, it was, yeah, it was strong. The strong blueberry. So, um, yeah, that was good. But, but uh, also, if yeah. you add a little bit of cinnamon to that blueberry cobbler coffee, it bumps it up a notch, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is uh, yeah, this is good. Was this is this is good stuff, y'all? And there's probably and there's you know there's some benefits. I know cinnamon is one of these things that uh, supposedly will help lower your blood sugar and and so on. So uh, right, you know, and, and I am once the weather gets cooler, I am fixing to mix up a spice mix of kind of a, a pumpkin spice type that I can put on the coffee and have that awesome like essence of pumpkin spice. Now, of course, if I could find a flavoring that was pumpkin spice that wasn't hot, fresh ass, and it would have to be powdered, obviously, which I'm not holding my breath on being able to do, but I think it's worth a try. Yeah, it's worth a try. Now, what, what is worth a, What is also worth a try is, uh, well, weighing in on our refire topic, which you can do by calling 253-237-3321 and, uh, you know... Tell us... Uh, that time you got arrested. We yeah. want to hear about it. Yeah, so or if you were almost arrested. Or like in Phoneboy's case, I'm making him tell the story of the Israel protest from his point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can do that. Um, so, all right. So let's, uh, we'll start with, uh, so we'll start with this caller right here. Uh, the first time or the third time or the fifth time. Those are probably the most entertaining ones. Um, but yeah, never actually been arrested. Uh, the time I've ever, uh, had to sit in the back of a cop car one time. Um, it was only cause it was like, kind of funny, but it was like late night, literally at my now in-laws house and, uh, had fallen asleep on the couch and then I was supposed to take a buddy home and he's supposed to be home at whatever time. He told his parents he's supposed to be home. It was a long time ago. He's supposed to. He told his parents he'd be home at whatever time. I'll somehow wake up and like, oh man, we gotta get you home and sort of thing. And um, I was driving, driving down the road, and pretty sure what happened is it's like it goes from one lane to two lane, and I already knew that. And uh, I think I kind of like jumped over quick to where I knew it was gonna be the next lane, and then um, then there's also this like spots of like white paint in the road there's not really well lit so like i kind of swerved all in this like little area uh because just something yeah just giant white thing of paint on the ground didn't know what it was and sometimes it's animals or whatever around that area but uh anyway all that and then a lot of cops in that area kind of like for everything um so anyway so get pulled over like great, you know, kind of thing. Get pulled over and uh then like have this underage friend in the car and uh I've been like kinda of sweaty because I've fallen asleep on the couch and like was just was sleeping warm. And so it's like just kinda of combination, all this sort of stuff, and I think it was like at least two cop two plus cop cars I think ended up being there and 
that I asked to search my car and I was like, yeah, that's fine, which I told my dad later. He's like, really? You let him search your car? He's like, I wouldn't do that. Um, not that I had anything high, but still, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think I didn't have handcuffs on, but I had to sit in the back. They asked me to sit in the back of a, one of the patrol cars and it's like, oh yeah, it's all plastic back here, which makes sense because, you know, cleaning up and whatnot, but yeah. So, I mean, nothing happened. Didn't like no ticket or anything. Like I didn't do anything. Just bad circumstances and timing and swerving and all this sort of stuff. And even though like didn't swerve in front of anybody, but, uh, yeah. So I remember it being funny because I was like, I think I'd, I don't remember if I called or I did t- or told his parents later, like, Hey, FYI, I saw you. It was late, you know, like, so, but now it's just the joke of like, he was like 15 or something at the time. And he was like, we still joke about like getting pulled over and put it in the back of a cop car. So anyway, yeah. Well, he, uh, he must have a follow up. He never leaves us without a caca. Yeah, I know. He, I think he, I think he lost track of time, uh, which, uh, which is very easy to do when you are, uh, when you're consuming things of a higher consciousness. That's right. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the time. So, uh, three minutes, 10 seconds. and just cuts off. Forgot about that. Thought it was at three. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So it's just something we joke about now. Um, cause he was like, I don't know, like 15 or something, I think at the time. So we'll joke about, oh yeah, we got pulled over by the cops and thrown in the back of car, in the back of cars and stuff like that. So anyway, all right, well, let me go water the garden and, uh, make sure everything stays a growing. So love you guys. Stay dangerous. And, uh, whether or not you're back in the back of a cop car now, or you never have been, or you're planning on being later today, after you try to pick up that money from the bank, go ahead and give a hearty kaka! Kaka! Mr. Christopher Battles, thank you so much. And, phone boy, tell them the potential show title they've earned. Uh, Water the Guardian. Yes, I like that. Yeah, so there you go. So, um, all right, so now... I, we... I hear there's another weirdo that called into our show. Maybe we need to hear a voicemail from them. Yeah, uh, I think he he left three voicemails, so this, this ought to be oh, good. Oh, I wonder if he has a long history of being arrested. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, mm-hmm. well, let's find what do you out. know? Hello, this is back with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Stop y'all with weirdo. Um, tell us about a time <laughs> that you got arrested. Okay, well, uh, let's start with the first time. Uh, the first time I ever got arrested would have been 2010 or 11. Oh, shit, no, I take that back. The first time I ever got arrested, I was 15, and I got drunk, and me and one of my buddies got caught stealing some shit out of a car, and, yeah, young and dumb. Uh, so... Um, my mom had to come pick me up from the police station in her nightgown. That was fucking bad. Oh, shoot, uh, man. Um, <laughs> then the first time I ever got arrested in my adult life, um, my stepdad had both of his knees replaced and he had three different doctors giving him, uh, pain pills. And then they instituted that thing where they don't allow you to get more than one script of narcotics from a doctor at a time. In Kansas, it's called K-TRACS, K-T-R-A-C-S. I can't remember the acronym, but um, basically it's a system where you're registered when you have narcotics so that you can't double dip from the doctors. So when they instituted that, they cut him off cold turkey. Um, 
and he resorted to other means to get his medications, one of which was um, he posed as me, used my Social Security number at the doctor's office. What? And attempted to get a prescription. At least that's what he told me. So I went to the script, went to the, uh, he offered me like $300 to go pick him up. So I go in to go pick him up, and they said, yeah, we'll be ready in just a minute. And in less than that minute, two officers from the local police department came in and pulled me out in handcuffs. Um, I ended up getting away with it because it was the, the, the law is um, unlawful obtainment of prescription drugs. And since I didn't actually obtain anything, they couldn't stick me with it. What they stuck me with was the two grams of pot they found in my pocket at the time. Um, yeah, yes, I ended up getting me a year of probation. So then um, a little while after that, um, I was I had finished my probation there, and it was uh, – actually, I think I'm about to get cut off here. Um, I uh, – it was the, the – the night that my second son was born, and uh, we were getting ready to. Um... Yeah. Okay. So let so let us continue with it with uh, with uh, with weirdo here. As, uh, weirdo again. Let's finish it up with some part twos here. Um, it was the night that my second son was born. He was born at like nine o'clock at night. So um, about. 12:30 that morning, I had gone to the house to get some uh, blankets and clothes for mom and for him and whatever. And um, while I was at the house, I rolled a blunt, and uh, I was. We had a '95 Thunderbird at the time, two door, you know, just two big old windows. Anyway, I had. I sat down in my car. I lit the blunt. I cheaped it a little bit, you know. I went to go uh, pull out of our drive. And immediately got pulled over. He lit me up as soon as I pulled out of the fucking driveway. And as he's coming up to the car, I rolled down the windows. He said, do I smell marijuana? And I said, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Took him 45 minutes to find the blunt that, that I hid while he was standing at the window. And uh, that caught me a felony because in Kansas, because, you know, we'll be the last state to ever decriminalize or legalize. Um he, uh, oh shit, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, because in the state of Kansas, if you have one prior conviction for a pot charge, it's an automatic felony. So I got a felony for three quarters of a fucking blunt. And, uh, so I get to court to my arraignment and this cocksucker going to say that I ran a stop sign is why he pulled me over. There's not a stop sign on that. There's only one stop sign on that street, and it's 300 fucking yards from where he pulled me over at. So anyway, I did. Some, I ended up doing 108 days for that. So um, because of some, you know, I, I don't understand how some how, how bond supervision is constitutional when I have to come and check in and piss in the cup and report to a probation officer for being charged with a crime, not convicted. And so anyway, they when I, I, I had been in jail for eight days, they let me out, gave me a UA, told me to come back in a week to do another one, and if to check the levels to make sure they're higher or lower. So obviously when I go in that next week, I'm still dirty. It's pot. It takes at least a month. 
So uh, it turns out they had put my first UA in um, as clean. So when I came back that next time and it was still dirty because obviously it's still fucking dirty, they fucking hit me with a special rule, tried to hit me with another felony for uh, fucking up bond supervision, and I ended up spending 108 days for fucking three-quarters of a blunt. Um, yeah, I also got arrested for accosting somebody at Walmart one time um, because I don't tolerate disrespect. Um, yeah, that, that was a weekend. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got one more voicemail here. There's a, one this, more time for Roman Reska. At least you hit, at least you're, you're timing the end of your words here uh, uh, very well here. All right, so let's let's uh, let's play this. Ugh, part three. Look at me running my fucking mouth today. Oh shit. So yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I I uh, I, uh, I don't tolerate disrespect to somebody who's acting fucking tough at Walmart one day and. I actually got charged with misdemeanor assault, which is literally phrased talking to someone in a rude manner. So, I mean, fuck it, whatever. Um, but there is something else I wanted to talk about real quick, and that was last weekend. We were at the Demolition Derby, and I didn't really get to tune in for a lot of the show. But there in Studio 33, I was on the way home, and uh, I sent in a request. And it was a boostergram. <laughs> it said, Dear Phone Boy. And it was a, a, a link to Divinals. I touched myself. And <laughs> so we were going down the highway when it came across. And Phone Boy says, Oh, we got a boostergram from Weirdo. And he says, It says, Oh, oh my. And my old lady, my old lady instantly looked at me. She said, What did you do? As I am dying in the fucking steering wheel. Oh my god, that was that was so perfect. I love it. That was fucking great. That made my whole week. So anyway, uh, I, yeah, my kids was laughing. I was laughing. My old lady just had this look on her face, like, "What the fuck did you do?" Oh uh, yeah, good times, good times. Anyway, I hope everybody's happy and healthy and having a having a having a, 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 a the best day that you can have. So, um, bye. Bye. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm glad yes. you told that. I'm actually glad you told that story, weirdo. Cause yeah, yes. that was, yeah. Cause I was, cause I, my brain just kind of went, yeah, I can't, I, I can't. <laughs> the, the funny part of which is weirdo has requested much more obscene music than that song. At least they'll play that song on the damn radio without editing it. Yeah. Why that locked your brain up, I have no clue. But it was truly a moment in history. And because we don't record Studio 33, if you didn't experience it live, folks, you missed it. So this is one of the many reasons to tune into Studio 33 live after the show content. Because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, that's right. Because it's like a box of chocolates. Except for it has no sugar, no grain, and no seed oil. That's right. But plenty but, but, of debauchery and salt. Uh, so anyway, the that's right. So I guess we have to tell our stories now. I, I, it, it, as tr- true to statement, I have not been arrested. The in fact, my prior to my, uh, uh, yeah, prior to my encounter with the protests in Israel, which, uh, which, uh, yeah, the the the, my, the, la- the last time I previously encountered the the uh, the police was uh, that night. I actually had to call it on my own family, which yeah, we don't need to go into that. But um, but uh, it is so. But in the, from the, 
yeah, this now keep in mind, I've never been to a protest now, and I knew that these protests were going on and I, and I, I, I did a little bit of research. I figured oh, they're probably, it's probably pretty safe and we're, you know, we're going, we're taking the train down to the, you know, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the airport where they were, where they were protesting and, 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 and so on. And, you know, we were, you know, we had gotten through, we had gotten out of the train station and then kind of into where some of the protests were happening. We were actually, there was a, there was some, uh, pushing and shoving going on by uh, police officers and I could, and I could see, you know, some things that looked like they were very fucking staged for the, uh, you know, for cameras and that kind of thing. And I, and so, um, it, this is, uh, you know, it was, it was, but, uh, you know, there, yeah. So, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't quite eyeball to eyeball with the police, but yeah, I mean, it, it's things I was, things were very tense. You could feel all the, you know, that you could feel the mix of emotions kind of both directions. Right. And cause it's, you know, never, I mean, everybody there seemed to be for their own reason, whether, you know, and, and you know, uh, it, 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 there's a, they're, they're, they're uniting behind a, you know, sort of a common thing and, and things and things appear to be getting worse over there from what I can, uh, from what I'm hearing. It's, uh, it's not necessarily getting good, but I think this is a, uh, but yeah, the, but I, but, thinking about what I could that, you know, a, and sort of after the fact is, I mean, I, and I, and I got to a point when I was there, I'm like, yeah, this is starting to get a little, it just, for me, I was, I was, I was starting to have trouble breathing and I'm like, okay, this is probably a sign that I need to get out of here and, you know, kind of assessing the situation. I figured I was probably safe, but at the same time I did not, I was, I was done <laughs> and I was ready to, uh, to, to, to be done. I was not, I didn't want to get arrested in a foreign country uh, for being, you know, for, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So. Yeah, and we did recognize the fact that had that gone south, it would have gone south epically. And we're in a foreign country, in jail. That 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 wouldn't have been good. We we would have been totally fucked, maybe even literally. Yeah, exactly. So I'd rather, anyway. So that's as close as I've you know. I mean, I don't think yeah. That I don't know that that's the closest I've ever come to being arrested. But at the same time, it is something that is a, uh, it's there. Um, oh, by the way, we just got a boostergram here from from Weirdo, and I think this is yeah, uh, it's re- it re- relevant to the. Uh, conversation here it says how are the police like a box of chocolates they'll kill your dog yeah that that is that is sadly true it is sadly true and i actually don't um i, I don't think i was referring to the police as being like a box of chocolates for sure yeah uh hey we got a couple we got a couple of voicemails here Ta-da. Uh, yeah that's amazing how that works we, 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 we remember talk you can still weigh in on you know that time i got arrested two five three two three seven three three two one yeah and you gotta you'll have to weigh in on your uh, on your bit uh, after and, the voicemails after, yeah. the, after the voicemails okay y'all wanted me to record this about the time i almost got arrested <clears throat> i was in college this was in the early 80s, of course, and it was before AIDS became a thing, thankfully. Or if it was a thing, I didn't know about it. Or I never would have done what I am about to tell you about. I was trying to pay off a debt, and we won't go into how I got into that mess, but anyway, I was trying to get out of said mess. So I did the only thing I knew to do at the time since I didn't much more than know what a computer was, so there was no way to make money that way. Anyway, I turned to a life of crime. I sold the only thing I had available that was worth anything, and that was myself. And in the process of doing business one day, I had the misfortune of stumbling across 
an undercover cop. A Holesworth nightmare. Well, of course, I panicked. And I'm ashamed to admit it, but I started to cry. But actually, that's what got me out of it. And I thought quick on my feet. And I remembered I had a picture of a little boy in my billfold. It was my current boyfriend's nephew. Cute little booger. So I put pulled that out and showed it to the cop, crying, tears streaming down my face, makeup going everywhere. I said, look, I said, I'm a single mom. This is my little boy, Jamie. I said, I'm just trying to make a little money to help us get by. And something about the way I said it or the way I looked or I don't know, maybe Jamie, he let me off, but he said, never do it again. And, of course, you know I did, but I was careful to avoid him after that. And I never got caught again. But anyway, that's my somewhat shameful story, and I'm sticking to it. Bye. Thank you, you know Mama. <clears throat> Respect to Mama T. Look, I used to dance. You used to sell it. Girl, you got to do what you got to do to make a living. No shame. No yeah. No shame whatsoever. Exactly. We love you, Mama T. Yeah, the, the, you know, the, this, that, that is, uh, unfortunately, that is... Uh, that is something that uh, yeah it's they they called it the world's oldest profession for a reason and I don't think there's a you know I don't think there's any and shame honestly in it. I don't think selling pussy for money should be illegal it's just my personal opinion I think there'd be a lot less violent sexual assaults and crimes if you could just go down to the corner pick up a hooker get your nut off and fucking give her twenty bucks for letting you come on her back I mean seriously. Yeah, well, it's probably more than that these days, but um, but anyway, we got we have one more voicemail. I think I think this is uh, uh, I think you'll uh, think you'll know who this is. Hi y'all! Uh, tell you about the time I got arrested. I got arrested because uh, I guess you want to call it was a domestic because the Phoenix's oldest son would always bully the youngest son. And throw things at him and do stuff. So I had enough when he threw a toy at his little brother. So I threw it back at him to show him how it feels. And it cut his head. And he went to school and told the school that I did it. And they came and arrested me. Yeah, that's the state of Connecticut for you. And they don't have the full story. But otherwise, that that's how why I got arrested. Have a good show, y'all. Love you. Hope to talk to you soon. Thank you, Wookie. We appreciate the voicemail. And honestly, yeah, I mean, that was a really fucked up situation by all accounts because not only did you get arrested, but they fucking came after me like I had done something wrong. Even though as soon as that happened, I took the kids, I left work, you know, I took every action to try to protect myself and my kids. And yet... There was still a massive, nasty fucking case of Connecticut flexing their dick court case because I wasn't backing down. I hadn't fucking done anything wrong. I wasn't going to have my fucking kids took and shit sanctioned against me because, you know, my the person I was living with, you know, my partner of the time 
did something relatively stupid. And, you know, obviously we're still friends, which means that I've forgiven her for transgressions. I, I know she didn't necessarily do it to try to hurt him. And I think that's a big, important thing to say. And as far as the that one time I got arrested. So, all right, there's this one time. Yeah, fuck that. I've never been arrested. Not saying I haven't deserved to be at times, because I have been an instigating anarchist little twat. And I just somehow have managed to be lucky enough to not actually catch a pair of bracelets. And I can honestly say I'm the only person in my family who can say I've never caught a pair of bracelets. Although there was this one cop I was fucking with, and I, I did have him handcuff me. And But that that's a whole other story for a whole other time. In the after, after, after party, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'll say so. But uh, I, think, uh, I think we've now reached the point where, where we need to uh, do this. I'll take a drink, and I'm, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Reefer, you know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. That's right. We do not freebase cocaine, but we do smoke them doobies. That's right. More than just, you know, to get us through the day. Yeah. So a study shows marijuana is significantly associated with reduced use of unregulated opioids. Gee, the very fucking thing I've been saying since... When, because we have a massive epidemic here in Tennessee, I'm constantly railing that the government needs to get the... Stop worrying about the fucking drag queens reading to your goddamn kids and take up the fact that you've got fucking meth heads that literally could just... If you'd legalize fucking weed, they could smoke it. They could get off those fucking opioids and that meth and shit. And on to something that's not going to fucking kill them. But, oh, wait, that would mean Big Pharma wasn't getting their fucking cut of the dick that they're shoving up everyone's ass. How foolish of me. Yeah, exactly. Now, researchers at the British Columbia Center, and it's spelled C-E-N-T-R-E, you know, kind of the British way, uh, of, of substance use, and UCLA um, surveyed 205 people who use cannabis and opioids without a prescription from December 2019 to November 2021, aiming to test the theory that marijuana represents an effective harm reduction tool amid the overdose crisis. Now, the study published in the International Journal of Drug Policy found that 58% of participants reported that their motivation to use marijuana was to reduce opioid craving. Now, and, and a multivariable analysis showed that cannabis use was significantly associated with self-reported reductions in opioid use. Now, researchers said that, to their knowledge, this represents the first study of its kind to specifically investigate outcomes of international cannabis use to manage opioid cravings. Among Intentional. The, yeah. Among those who are using painkillers that they may be getting from the illicit market, which comes for, with a risk of obtaining contaminated products. Especially because we're seeing a lot of fentanyl being used to cut these, you know, oxys, roxies and shit that you're getting on the street. And as we all know, just a tiny, like, microgram of the shit can kill you. Yeah. So, again, this is one of the reasons why we are huge proponents for legalization to try to stop. Because doctors are prescribing opioids like a fucking Pez dispenser. Any little twitch and twinge. Here's an opioid. Here's Vicodin. Here's, you know, Oxycontin. Yeah, exactly. It, it, hydrocodone. I mean, come on, y'all. 
Yeah. Yeah, these findings indicate that cannabis use to manage opioid cravings is a prevalent motivation for cannabis use among people who use unregulated opioids and is associated with self-assessed reductions in opioid use during the periods of cannabis use, the study authors wrote. Increasing the accessibility of cannabis products for therapeutic use may be a useful supplementary strategy to mitigate exposure to unregulated opioids and associated harm during the ongoing drug toxicity crisis. Now, you know, of course, this could be all coded language because, yeah, they can't come out and say, well, you know, opioids are bad. That's why they're saying unregulated opioids. Just Exactly. Because they will never admit that the drugs that they are allowing to be prescribed to people are killing people. Because by their very nature, they are addictive. And doctors know this. Which is why I really think it's shameful that unless you can prove through testing that there's something actually going on that requires you to take an opiate, I just think that it, it, should, it should be a just say no, because they're so easy to get addicted to. And I also think that even if it's just medical, if it gave a doctor who was insightful enough to understand that if you're allowing this person to smoke weed instead of taking these pills because i'm sure there's plenty of people out there who don't like taking big pharma but it's an option of being chronic fucking pain or to take the pill so if there was that third option of smoking a j i just think that it makes a lot more sense but then again it, you know like i said Big Pharma wouldn't be getting their nuts off. So, of course, we're not going to let it happen because Tennessee is is so fucking bought in like Kansas and all these other bullshit states that don't realize they're crying. Oh, we're so fucking poor, but we're not going to legalize something that could bring us fucking millions upon millions of revenue in the first six months to a year. Yeah. Old, antiquated, stupid fucking white men. Yes. Well, um, well, actually, so um, yeah, Disney plays into this next story here. This is a uh, th- say a woman says Disney. Ooh, we get to hate on Disney. Um, well, maybe. Um, so one woman's experience in a clinical trial on a ketamine therapy turned into a real Mickey Mouse operation uh, in a study published last month in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience. Please tell me that was not an actual written statement. That was actually written. That was the, that was the first uh, line in this article uh, from High Time. Oh, my aching Christ, I want to vomit. That is the most cliche thing they could possibly have written. Yes, well... Anyway, in a study published last month in Frontiers in Human Neuroscience, a group of researchers in Canada sought to investigate how previous environmental stimuli shaped the experience of patients receiving ketamine for treatment-resistant depression and developed the concept of imprinting to account for such time-lagged effects across diverse hallucinogenic drugs. Psychedelic drugs' experiences are shaped by current-moment contextual factors, commonly categorized as internal and external, right, the set and the setting. Uh, Potential influences of past environments, however, have received little attention, they wrote. Now, the, the research team used recordings of treatment sessions and interviews involving 26 participants of the clinical trial, which entailed intravenous ketamine infusions for treatment-resistant depression from January of 2021 until August of 2022. Now, in, this, in detailing the results of the trial, the researchers zeroed in on two participants, a 28-year-old female and a 34-year-old male, whose subject, subjective ketamine experiences were significantly altered by varying exposures to 
to particular forms of digital media in the days preceding treatments. Now, uh, in the results of the, tr- yeah, so uh, the 34-year-old man described a pixelated consciousness while on ketamine, an experience owed to his habit of regularly playing as many as 16 hours of video games a day. What? Yeah, that's a lot of video games right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The, uh, this patient's first three ketamine experiences were characterized by vivid visual hallucinations described as video game-like in both context and form, i.e. he reported that most of his time during the infusion was spent reliving recent game experiences, and he described pixelated complex hallucinations that strongly resembled the aesthetic of video games like Minecraft, which he had played frequently in the days preceding the treatment sessions. He summed up his experience as evidence that he had a pixelated consciousness, the researchers wrote. Now, the 28-year-old woman's experiences was, well, a whole new world. Now, the patient responded robustly to these first two ketamine treatments and described them as having many typical features of psychedelic therapy, feelings of connection, introspection, emotional processing, and mysticism. They resulted in rapid and significant improvements in depressive symptoms and suicidality. Suicidality. And the patient was discharged after six weeks in hospital with the plan for further infusions if necessary the researchers wrote in their evaluation of the patient. Now, six months later, as an outpatient enrolled in the aforementioned clinical trial, she received a, a course of six ketamine infusions over four weeks with the same team, a nearly identical treatment protocol in a similar treatment setting. Despite reporting a similar degree of psychedelic effects, her first outpatient ketamine treatment was described as having remarkably different uh, phenomenology, they added. Namely, the patient reported that involuntarily visual hallucinations of Disney iconography, iconography, Iconography. Iconography. There we go. Hijacked her experience, greatly diminishing its mystical and emotional qualities. In an excerpt from one of the session's recordings, the woman is quoted as saying that she saw Disney stuff but didn't want to. It hijacked it, and it's my fault for always scrolling through the pins. I'm just annoyed that I felt like I had the Band-Aid on. I felt like I almost ended up going to important things, and then Disney freaking covered it up, the patient said in the recording. The researchers said that the exchange provides evidence that the patient really drew a link between this treatment's visual images of Disney characters and her previously undisclosed habit of trading commemorative Disney pins on a social media forum. Uh, She described spending approximately six hours per day on this digital activity since many years, with the notable exception of her month-long hospitalization when she received her first two ketamine infusions. Of note, she also described various Disney-themed physical objects in her home environment through precise details are not available, the researchers said said so so because she was doing all this shit with disney pins and then she goes has a psychedelic trip and she's seeing disney characters she's having a temper tantrum are you fucking kidding shut the fuck up karen exactly now um yeah this next story was just fucking hilarious this is hilarious yeah so talk about lego my ego border officials seized two thousand pounds of pot disguised as frozen waffles oh man that that's like giving and curing the munchies all in one package exactly officials working on the united states canada border late last month seized a massive shipment of marijuana that at first blush looked like an eight-year-old's favorite breakfast my, yeah, my kids used to eat uh, peanut butter waffles. So, 
you know, get the get the Eggo waffles and. and I'm not even it. talking about the cinnamon toast ones that Eggo has. They're like four little mini waffles all connected in one. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, U.S. Attorney uh, Tr- Trini E. Ross um, announced on Friday that uh, uh, J. Powell uh, Dillon, 22 of Scarborough, Ontario, Canada, was arrested and charged by criminal criminal complaint with possession with intent to distribute 100 kilograms or more of marijuana and importing marijuana into the United States. And the charges carry a mandatory minimum penalty of five years in prison and a maximum of 40 years and a five and a five million dollar fine what that's whoa uh, according, That's insane. According to Friday's announcement, the arrest and bust occurred on July 27th when Customs and Border Protection officers encountered a semi-trailer operated by Dylan at the primary inspection point of Peace Bridge Port of Entry, a bridge connecting Canada and the U.S. near Buffalo, New York. Now, have you have you gone over that when you, when I you drove? I actually never went into Canada. The closest I've ever been was Oswego, New York, and I've seen signs for niagara falls i was really close to it but obviously you can't take a truck to the falls so i didn't get a chance to see it however uh wow just five million fine yeah that is mind-blowing yes so dylan uh, uh, allegedly claimed that he was simply transporting some frozen food stuffs now dylan represented customs presented customs documentation indicated a shipment of frozen waffles destined for a grocery store warehouse in georgia the shipper of the alleged waffles confirmed that the shipment was fraudulent and the shipment was put on hold while dylan was referred for a secondary inspection the announcement said during a physical exam of the cargo boxes containing approximately 948 kilograms of a green leafy substance or two uh, 2,089 pounds consistent with that of marijuana were located. In addition, 50 kilograms of, of ketamine were also discovered. Investigators identified Dylan after CPB earned, or learned of five prior fraudulent shipments driven by Dylan into the United States. Now, the announcement said that Dylan appeared at a detention hearing before U.S. Magistrate Judge Michael Romer and was detained. Now, you know, gee, that's I mean, I mean, play. That's how you know you fucked up. That's how you know you fucked up. Yeah, that th- that is for truth. Now I will tell you, I've driven, and I didn't even know because I've never crossed the border that they actually check if the shipment is authentic. That's that's pretty wild. But oh yeah, that that's a major fuck up because you really should probably get used to what the inside of a prison cell looks like because you're definitely going to be doing it, especially because of the fact that the U.S. can probably prosecute him. Canada can prosecute him. He, he's going to get it from both sides of the border on this one, I think. And and he he's fucked. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now, uh, drugs have a powerful effect on, on the way in which our the brain processes the world around us. Um, I can say this, uh, yeah, um, sitting out on the balcony with, with, yeah, just, uh, we often talk about how lovely San Jose looks. That's right. So they can cause changes in chemical messengers in the brain called neurotransmitters. Drugs associated with increases in the passage of time are stimulants, which cause increased activity and excitation across the areas of the brain associated with cognitive functions. The ones associated with the slowing of the, um, uh, of the, pa- uh, the passage of time are depressants, which causing decreases in activity across the areas of the brain definitely does that uh drugs also affect behavior and emotions both of which can twist our experiences of time drugs such as cocaine and mdma can have powerful effects on mood including feelings of happiness and euphoria i've heard that yeah um 
Studies show that during daily life, time passes more quickly during periods of positive mood and more slowly during dips in state of mind. This happens because some of the brain areas thought to be involved in timing are also responsible for emotion processing. Now, I don't know. I, 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 find, I, my, I find my mood's pretty positive when I'm sitting out on my balcony smoking a, smoking the holy herb. You know, I mean. Yeah, but basically what it's saying is when you're happy, time passes really fast. When you're sad, it seems to drag. Yeah, well, it, it seems to it seems to go quite go on quite nicely while I'm out there. Not not too fast, but you know. I mean, well, that's because you're able to slow things down because you run at a faster pace than most people. This is true. So what, so what you do while taking drugs will contribute to the sensation that time is bending. Immersing yourself in exciting activities such as socializing with friends and dancing in clubs draws our attention away from time. When you pay too much attention to time, for example, when bored, time passes slowly. So... I mean, yeah, and, you know, of course, yeah, we talk about environment being important for the use of drugs and also your mind space, but, and, and, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, it is, it's, again, it's it, because it's altering your state of mind and your state of mind and what you're thinking about does determine how you feel about time, right, at, the, at that particular moment. So, uh, yeah, that's, I get, you know, it's like, what, I was I was hoping to find, like, what me- mechanisms they actually do, but I guess, it, you know, I mean, I guess they, they haven't done that research yet, you know. Yeah, probably not. And they probably won't ever do it. Now, um, meanwhile, a company whose product I've been using since I was a teenager, uh, Dr. Bronner's, uh, they, 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 they make this magical, uh, uh, Castile, peppermint Castile soap that, that, that uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you read the bottle, it looks like you're, you're getting fucking religion or something. I don't know. It's, there's a, but, uh, anyway, um, at first, if it's kind, and it's huge. Like the bottle he has is huge. Oh, that's and not he even cuts big... it with water. Yeah, it's yeah. I mostly just use it for shampoo at this point. But that's... yeah, because I won't let you use it as a body wash because I like you sniffing like a man, not a peppermint candy. Yeah. Well, anyway, a first of its kind healthcare provider has released top level findings from its ketamine treatment plan for employees of Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap, revealing significant relief for mental health conditions among those who participated. Uh, uh, which it says is the first and only licensed health insurance benefits provider that covers psychedelics-assisted treatment, uh, shared results of the year-long partnership with Dr. Bronner's, which made hemp-based soaps and other products, who, and whose CEO, David Bronner, has advocated for and helped uh, fund psychedelics reform across the country. Now, about 7% of Dr. Bronner's workforce took advantage of the unique ketamine coverage and completed the treatment since January 2022, uh, Ethnia said in a press release on Wednesday. This was the first time that the provider allowed a company to add ketamine-assisted therapy to its employer-sponsored health insurance plan. Now, employees who completed the treatment sessions, of which were facilitated by, by the San Diego-based Flow Int- Integrative, said that this, this associative drug improved symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder by 86%, major depressive disorder by 67%, and anxiety by 65%. Well, Those are some pretty good numbers, I'll say. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, I mean, I still hate the fact that it's a synthetic, psychedelic, but... At this point, it's at least a step in the right direction yeah. to, you know, get to where we want to be. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah. So um, there you go. Yeah, it is. A, it is a step in the right direction. Now, what, what is also, I think, a step in the right direction is uh, that. I've been slow cooking it all day in my vagina. So what are you slow cooking? All I day? actually there is there is some uh, th- there is some slow cooking, but it's in the form of brining because we are going to have grilled 
legs and thighs that have been brined in some brine that I canned. And I will, if these come out good, I'm definitely going to put more brine in, in jars because it makes it so much easier than having to actually make the brine, let it cool, and then being able to submerge whatever animal flesh into it to flavorize and tenderize it. So we're going to have the chicken with some Parmesan squash blend, which is zucchini and summer squash that we got from the farmer's market last week. And then this week we got some tomatoes and there's some cucumbers from Hummingbird Hill Farms that we got last week. So we're going to have a cucumber and tomato salad and the parm squash blend and the grilled brine chicken thighs yeah. and legs yeah um yeah and we I, we got to we got to got to cook my second favorite breakfast cereal for for uh, for lunch today we did we we had steak and eggs and you grilled the steak i made the eggs and we actually mom was like oh i don't want any steak she ended up eating half of a steak well, like I, I was impressed and three eggs she put them down like a boss mm. and then of course my oldest son joined us for breakfast because he was here and that's just how it works so we had actually taken four steaks out initially and we were going to freeze the extra one but then when he was here it was like well there's a problem solved so he he noshed out on it and of course during which time he was like mom anytime uh you want to have me uh over for food just uh let me know and i'm like yeah dude i get it he loves my cooking yeah so all right and then um i'm actually so yeah i'm kind of i'm looking at looking at our script here then we but yeah we had a that that yeah that got sorted out okay so now we're gonna get it so i guess i guess what we have what we have here is really a couple of tech stories i guess uh, we do so, yes yeah, so um so, henceforth why it's called back of the napkin that's right well it's also for other stuff too but that we do have some we do have a couple of tech things now why learning the touch type could protect you from audio snooping now this is this sounds like some high tech shit here. Uh, a mobile phone laid flat on a desk and pointing directly upwards can reliably pick up most of the sounds in a room, even those coming from people and their computers that would be entirely invisible to the phone's camera. Now, likewise, your laptop microphone will record an entire room, even everyone else is on the other side of the table looking at the back of your screen. Worse still, someone who isn't in the room at all, but is participating via a service such as Zoom or Teams can hear everything relayed from your side wherever your own microphone isn't muted. Now, any remote meeting participants the participants can permanently record whatever they receive from your end and can do so without your knowledge or consent if they capture the audio stream without using the built-in features of the meeting software. Uh, so that raises the long-running question. What can audio snoops figure out over and above what gets said in a room? Well, uh, what about anything that you type th that you might do while the meeting is underway, perhaps because you're taking notes or because you just happen to type in your password during your meeting, for example, to unlock your laptop because your screensaver decided you were away from keyboard. Now, re recovering keystrokes from serendipitous recordings is not a new idea. It's in fact, it, I mean, that, I know they talked about it in when I when I did CISSP, you know, training way back when. Uh, yeah, that was something that uh, uh, that's something I've uh, yeah, that, that's something they talk about. Uh, and, and result, and that's you know, that's why there's tempest shielding and all this other stuff, right? But and and the results in recent years have been surprisingly good. Not at least because you know microphone quality has improved quite a bit. And then you know you can you know certainly that yeah, the microphones just capture more data now, and and and, and certainly portable 
portable storage sizes have increased, right? You can uh, you can store hours of data on a on a phone. I mean, the, you know, the little 512 uh, uh, gigabyte uh, thing that I've got in the Roadcaster will store, you know, I don't know, millions of hours of, of us talking shit. You know, uh, processing speeds have gone up, so we can we can uh, you know we can uh, be look at all this data much faster. And cybersecurity is, of course, becoming ever more important. So, uh, you know, we're trying to catch it. We're trying to protect ourselves from unwanted surveillance, right? So that means uh, it's you know this is this topic is pro- may get a little bit more mainstream now. Uh, a trio of British computer scientists, which uh, seems they originally met up at Durham University in the northeast of England, but are now spread across the country. Now they just released a a review and research paper on this very issue entitled "A Practical Deep Learning Based Acoustic Side Channel Attack on Keyboards." Now in the paper, the researchers claim the title on that thing is just a mile long. It is well, but the, what the, what what they claim to have is it achieved a top one classification accuracy of 95% on phone recorded laptop keystrokes representing improved results for classifiers not utilizing language models and the second best accuracy seen across all surveyed literature now in other words the work's not the work's not new right and they're not yet in the number one spot overall but the fact that their keyboard keystroke recognition techniques don't use language models has an important side effect it's, it's likely to do a much better job of figuring out or guessing any unstructured pseudo random stuff that you might type in like a password right um, so the here's what the experts and i'm going to use the term experts loosely here uh, suggest you do to mitigate this well learn how to touch type because it makes it more difficult to reconstruct keystrokes via sound recordings um, because the, your keystrokes are a little more even and and, and so on uh, mix character case and passwords because you know shift keys adds another key press that the thing has to try and figure out uh, don't t- you know use multi-factor authentication yeah then that's that's generally a good idea don't type passwords or confidential in confidential information during a meeting if you're taking notes on a computer how are you supposed to not do that now mute your microphone as much as you can this is a good idea and you know except uh, you know i mute it a little too much at times or truth yeah exactly so but but here's the thing folks I, I say this. Everybody's a target of, of, of you know, potential target of any of this stuff. Think about likelihood. Think about you know these are all possible things. This is this is this is the kind of shit that you know that it, these are true. These are true risks. But the people that need to know this probably aren't us. The people that need to know this are the high level uh, you know the high level people that uh, you know that uh, that are that might be targets of this kind of stuff. I don't. See, I mean, I'm not quite seeing how any of this has necessarily reached a point where the average person needs to worry about this but it is something that yeah we do have to worry about it is it is a form of surveillance that 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 i'm sure can and does happen well and i think it's also an opening for hackers that you know how we talk about laptop computers being able to be accessed which is why you always keep your laptop computer covered like phone boy has his covered with a piece of sticky note the sticky he's like piled it on top Because if someone hacks the network your computer is on and they can access your camera through, you know, remote whatever, there's nothing saying that because it also includes audio that that couldn't be. And and I've I've talked about it a lot. You know, if, if they're trying to figure out your routine as far as when you're home, when you're not, and they access even just the microphone on your computer you know, people, people can break in your house that way. And, and it reminds me the same as, you know, hackers listening to this keystroke, they're getting smarter every day. And it's almost terrifying to think about the fact that if they were able to access your password, let's say, 
I, I'm I'm kind of wondering how do you argue that it wasn't you who typed the password in? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean, it, there's there's so many things that you know with all this stuff. It's just you were, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I'm sure I'm sure people have a have a have a certain signature when they type, though, right? So I, I do. Yeah, kind of like a cadence. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody has a, has a cadence, but uh, so yeah, we're. But this is something that I think I'm not. I'm not to say that it's like I said. I'm not saying it's not you know not real, but I don't think this is a threat that most people need to worry about right now. That's all I'm. That's all I said. No, but I think that there is at least the fact of mentioning it. You know, hopefully the people who do need to worry about it are paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Well, meanwhile, um, there's now a bug that affects uh, in years of Intel CPUs and and uh, and uh, and actually AMD CPUs too. They they can leak encryption keys and more. And so this is a um, this is a piece out of Ars Technica now. So um, this earlier this week, different security researchers published details on two different vulnerabilities: one affecting multiple generations of Intel processors, and another affecting the newest AMD CPUs. Downfallen and Inception, uh, respectively, are different bugs, but both involve modern processors' extensive use of speculative execution, uh, all, all of the original Meltdown and Spectre bugs. Both are described as being of medium severity, and both can be patched with either OS-level microcode updates or firmware updates with, fi with fixes incorporated. Now, AMD and Intel have both already released OS-level microcode software updates to address both issues. Both companies have also said that they're not aware of any active in the wild exploits of either vulnerability. Now, consumer... Uh, Consumer workstation and server CPUs are all affected, making patchly, patching particularly important for server administrators. Now, it'll be up to your PC, server, or motherboard manufacturer to release firmware updates with the fixes after Intel and AMD make them available. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll cover the downfall bug first since it affects a wider swath of processors. Now, also known as CVE-2022-40982, the downfall bug exploits a flaw in the gather instruction that affected Intel CPUs used to grab information from multiple places in a system's memory. According to Google security researcher Daniel uh, Mokimi, uh, the bug causes the CPU to unintentionally reveal internal hardware registers to software, which allows untrusted software to access data stored by other programs. Uh, uh, Mokimi's uh, proof of concept shows downfall being used to steal encryption keys from other users on a given server, as well as other kinds of data. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that, yeah, that's, a, that's a lack of a privilege separation there and that's kind of a problem if you get right down to it um, seems to be a big problem yeah most cpus in intel's 6th through 11th generation core lineups for consumer pcs sold starting in 2015 and still available in some new systems today downfall also affects xeon processors and workstation processors and any pentium and celeron processors based on those same architectures now um so if downfall is a descendant of meltdown, then inception, also known as CVE 2023-205689, is a side channel vulnerability descendant from the Spectre bug. It's actually a combination of attacks, one that makes the CPU think that it performed a, mis a misprediction, and the second that uses the phantom speculation trigger to manipulate future mispredictions. Uh, the end result, according to security researchers in ETH Zurich's Comsec group, is a vulnerability that leaks arbitrary data on affected Ryzen thread Ripper and Epic CPUs. The group published a proof of concept video in which they cause a CPU uh, using AMD's latest Zen 4 architecture to leak a system's root password. 
Uh, mitigating the risk somewhat, AMD believes this vulnerability is only potentially exploitable locally, such as via downloaded malware. Now, Comsec says that the bug affects all AMD Zen CPUs, but AMD itself says inception fixes are only necessary for processors using either the Zen 3 or Zen 4 ba based CPU cores. Now, this includes Ryzen 5000 and 7000 series desktop CPUs, some Ryzen 5000 and 7000 series laptop CPUs, all Ryzen 6000 series laptop GPUs, thread Ripper Pro 5000 WX workstation CPUs. Oh my God. And so many things, um, you know, and, and so on. And, you know, some firmware updates are available now. Others will be available sometime between now and the end of the year. And, uh, you know, an OS level microcode updates are available in the meantime. Okay. Well, so, you know, this is the problem with we're, we're relying on so much technology that's coming. It's like most people don't even realize this stuff needs to be updated from time to time or, and, or, or well, again, and, and, don't forget, then you've got the software developers who fucking leave and their code's the only fucking code that, you know, as long as it's running and it doesn't break, they don't have to fucking jiggle any handles. Everything's fucking fine. This is how these vulnerabilities, I think, ultimately go unchecked for so long. Yeah, exactly. The problem, and, and yeah, I mean, these, this, there's going to be, the problem with some of these things is, yeah, going and replacing all of the processors and everything, you're not going to be able to do that. And sometimes if the bug is in hardware, right, you're not going to be able, in, in, depending on where it is, you might you not be able to... Nuke it from orbit, that's you, your only well, choice. You might, yeah, yeah, and literally nuke it from orbit because that because it might be that you can't update, you know, because you can't fix it because it's burned into the hardware. Exactly. Yeah. So there is that. Now, um, so I we now we're we're, we're starting a new segment here uh, called uh, dishonorable mentions, and I'm going to play this clip to start it off for the time being. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. Yeah, I think that's appropriate, especially for the stories we're going to talk about. Exactly. So these are stories we don't want to spend a lot of time on, but uh, we thought we thought we worth bringing into the uh, to the mix here. So there's a reason we call it dishonorable mention. That's right. So uh, so Amazon won't stop sending tortured women unwanted boxes of shoes. Now Amazon ships more than a million packages daily, but there's at least one person in a million who frowns when she encounters a smiling box placed at her doorstep. A Canadian woman, uh, Anka Nitu, told CBC uh, that. Canadian, the Canuck Broadcasting Corporation, that over the past two months, more than 50 packages have arrived at her home. Each package contained a return slip and a pair of shoes from an Amazon buyer located in North America who wrongly shipped their rejected shoes to Nitu's address. Nitu thinks she knows what's happening. She believes that Amazon sellers stole her information from a dormant Amazon account and are using her name and home address as an easy way to get rid of unwanted return items that sellers either cannot afford to store or do not wish to store. The Better Business Bureau told CBC that it sounded like a vendor return scheme that's common in the U.S. but rare in Canada where foreign sellers dodge fees associated with storing and shipping return items by sending the items anywhere but their own addresses. The, the fuck... And Amazon will do not a fucking thing about this. That's the problem. Yeah, and it's yeah, that's just well, part for the course for Amazon. Uh, yeah, that, this that's, is why it's yeah. in the dishonorable mention. Yeah, because shame the fuck on. Bezos and Amazon yeah. for their shitty business yeah. practices. Well, and I'll take it. A I'll even take it a step further. Um, that uh, there is a um, that yeah. That, and actually, we were, we were. This is something we were troubleshooting with mom. Mom and we were talking because we're going through different things. She said, "I think I have an Amazon Prime account." I'm like, "What?" 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I, okay. So I went, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, cause I'm, cause I'm going through, I'm helping her go through an update, you know, the change, some, some changes of things that, you know, we need to change addresses and blah, blah, blah. And so yeah. And anyone who's ever bought anything at all, the first time you buy something on Amazon, the first thing is like, Oh, we can offer you a seven day free trial or a 30 day free trial of Amazon prime. Just click here and cancel any time and then you forget you have it because it's not a service it's literally a one-time fucking thing where i ordered a pair of shoes and i didn't want to have to pay shipping so i signed up for this seven day or 30 day free trial and then oh fuck now my credit card is being billed or if you're not if you're someone who just oh i owe this much money write the check whatever and you never look at your statement much like mom Sadly, I love my mom, but she is not technologically advantaged, and she's a tech tard, and just, she clicks on a whole lot of things because she doesn't understand, and then she ends up, like, I've tried to get her to realize that, mom, if it's asking you to enter credit card information, click out of it, unless it's something you're actually knowledgeably purchasing, so... I mean, we're, we're working on it, but that's a lot of how this shit happens. But the fact that I'm sure this woman's been in contact with Amazon numerous times to say what the actual fuck and they do nothing about it. So fuck you guys. Fuck you. Yeah. And actually with your mom, I was, so I had to go. So, so I was sort of like, okay, well let's go figure out how to, so let's go figure out how to cancel that. Right. Because you don't need, you don't need an Amazon prime account you need from Amazon. Just talk to one of us. We'll order it for you. You don't need to have it. Yeah. A- it's much like Wookie did with the books that she wanted us to order, which I've got to let her know they have come in. And if she's listening to the show, she'll find out now. But because we do have an Amazon prime account, because we order from Amazon a metric shit ton and it just makes good sense, especially because you get sometimes because you're willing to wait like a day or two. If it's not something we have to have right right now, you get, you know, a small amount of money credited for waiting yeah, and watch your you know watch a free movie or something, which I've you know right. And occasionally, like the first time I got to watch Blazing Saddles ever, I had never seen it. You know, like I was forty six before I saw this movie. That's pretty sad. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. The, um, but anyway, so now it, it turns out that we because uh, so something else that so, so like a few weeks ago, your mom had to get a new bank card. So um, that, that's right, and so. There was, and so, the, so Amazon had actually had the had the membership on hold because there was, um, you know, because uh, there was uh, the, because it was a billing issue, right? So, so I go in and say, okay, well, I just want to cancel it, and it doesn't really, it, there there isn't an obvious way to just can to like not update more for Amazon Prime and just cancel it, right? And just completely just remove it, right? So, I had to yeah, get, the UI is shitty. Yeah, I had to go. The you know I had to go and search on their site several times to find the place that would allow me to just say turn off my Amazon Prime account I don't want it anymore click this you know basically click this yellow button right and okay fine I was and so it took me a bit but I actually got it done and so okay now she doesn't have an Amazon Prime account yeah and if you're enjoying the content that you're listening to go to lotuseffect.show and click that green button that was formerly yellow that says we like money and give us a little uh, a little 
something to say thank you for all the entertainment that we've provided you today. Yes, um, we have. Uh, okay, we have one more in the dishonorable mention category. Biden admin has no record of marijuana letters cited by the DEA head in congressional testimony. You mean the government's lying? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yes. Now, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services says it has no record of a letter from the White House regarding President Joe Biden's marijuana scheduling review directive, seemingly contradicting what the head of the Drug Enforcement Agency recently testified to lawmakers. At a, at a House Judiciary Committee meeting last month, the DEA Administrator Ann Milgram told Representative Matt Getz that the, the president uh, had sent a letter to the his Secretary of HHS and to the Attorney General to ask for the scheduling descheduling process to begin. Now, Attorney Matt Zorn filed a Freedom of Information Act request for a copy of that letter. And HHS sent him a response last week stating that it conducted a search and determined that there are no records responsive to your request. Basically meaning he never penned the letter or they never put it into their files. But I would be more expectant that the old codger never penned the fucking thing, completely forgot about it. And when it got called on the carpet because he was supposed to do it and they didn't want to look like a bunch of assholes with their pants caught down. They just did what they always do, which is lie. So they get a dishonorable mention for what the actual fuck. This is such obvious evidence of how the government is just so fucking crooked so fuck you yeah exactly all right we got so okay so we this this also the dishonorable mention section also gives us a place to basically to basically save for any last minute voicemails we got one more voicemail woohoo yes we're gonna play it now so we'll play this one hey guys um i'm hoping i didn't miss the refire topic this week but this is rev uh let's see that one time i got arrested all right um Having an issue with the roommate, uh, she started destroying stuff in the house. Um, I had a shotgun. I pulled it out just in case she started getting crazy. She took one look at it and said, that thing's not loaded. So I went outside and, and discharged it off the porch. We live out in the country. It's perfectly fine to fire your weapons if you like, as long as you have a backstop, which I did. Uh, so I fired the shotgun one round, went inside, and she cut her shit out. Well, it turns out that the next-door neighbor called the sheriff. Now, the sheriff comes out, and I'm guessing that somebody, um, some dickhead, decided that uh, they wanted to tattle on me. So I had about 50 little baby marijuana plants growing in an aquarium. And uh, the officers came out there, and they were like, well, looks like we got a perfect excuse to do a, a, a search. So they did. They found my plants. I got arrested. Uh, long story short, they dropped the fucking charges because those dickheads couldn't figure out how to keep, keep their fucking story straight in their reports. But anyways, take it easy, y'all. In the bowl, in the morning, all that stuff, in the pod, whatever. Love ya. Bye-bye. We love you, Rob. Thank you so much. Uh, I actually don't think I've ever heard that story, and we've known each other for a, a hot minute. I, You know... Those motherfuckers divvied up them plants and grew them bitches and then sold that fucking good, good. You know that's what happened, Rev. We both know that's what the fuck happened. Especially them good old boys. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more, say no more. Yeah, we know how the country boys do what they do. Yeah, I wrote down in the pot as a potential show title. So um, Nice. 
Okay, so um, all right, I think we've uh, we've actually I think we've uh, so I, I think we've got to the end of this uh, to this thing, and then you know I think we've uh, let's see if I can find that let's see if I can play that clip. I'm so fucking over this. Well, see now That's we had right. a, now we had a way to play both of those clips and not have them play back to back because there's a look at that them. amazing it's amazing. I figured that out on the on the fly. So I do know that the show ends something like th- this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.